0: Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Las Vegas and Bar Canada at the D Hotel in downtown Sin City. Andrew Patterson here getting ready for tonight's first round of the NFL Draft and a packed show for Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, We have a lot to get to today. Some... Pretty huge broadcasting news, which will start off, obviously, a nice win for the Jets last night in Eric Comrie's first shutout in game number 80 of the regular season. And in addition, uh, the playoff teams are set, albeit matchups not quite yet, as the Vegas Golden Knights were eliminated last night from playoff contention. Um, going to be a great show. Darren Baume is going to join us. Now, DB, we are going to touch on a little bit of CFL With the uh, few rule changes that were announced yesterday and, of course, next week's CFL draft, Um, we'll also get DB's thoughts on uh, the Jets season so far. It's been a little while since Darren's joined us on the program, so looking forward to that. Scott Billick as well for a Jets conversation in our second guest segment. And I'm really looking forward to welcoming in a favorite of ours on Winnipeg Sports Talk, my guy Andy McNamara who will join me live right here at Bar Canada at the D coming up later on in the second hour of the program. We'll get Andy's thoughts on some of the big NFL storylines going into tonight's first round of the NFL draft. One of the most intriguing drafts I think we've seen in a long time. Not a lot of high-end quarterback talent as it you know compares to maybe the last few drafts. And I think what that has done is Really given more intrigue into how things are going to shake out, potential deals, as well as many teams having multiple picks in the first round. So we're going to get to that. We will also talk, I'm not sure if you checked out the Winnipeg Sports Talk Instagram yesterday, or this evening, or yet today. Uh, But Andy and I, there's a little event for the UFF, which Andy's involved in and doing some work with here in Vegas this week And uh, we had a special guest at the table last night, fantasy god himself, Austin Eckler. What a nice guy he was. Very impressive young man. Talk about that a little bit, but if you do want to check the picture, you can go over to uh, Instagram, and while you're there, give us a follow at Sports Talk WPG. All right, big thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen. We're not here. We're not on the air if they're not behind us. And so appreciative to uh, Wallace & Wallace, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, F Apparel, Vita Health, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Breezy Bend Golf & Country Club, not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club Whiskey, and, of course, our betting partners over at Cool Bet Canada. I, we will do the Cool Bet lines with Andy a little bit later on. I'm going to hit him with some of the Cool Bet props that are up right now on tonight's NFL draft, um, as well as another busy night in the National Hockey League in the tomorrow, a massive night. Of course, it was supposed to be the final night of the regular season, Uh, There will be one more game. That game will be Sunday at Canada Life Centre as the Jets and the Seattle Kraken make up for the postponed game from a couple weeks back due to one of our uh, weekly Colorado lows that keep coming through the city. I cannot believe it. I saw a guy Rob Zobbs today on Twitter this morning saying it's like every weekend you get a Colorado low coming up and uh, looking for some more wetness uh, over the course of the weekend. But it won't be snow um, that being said, we'll see what that does to, to flood conditions. All I know is that this is going to be a great show. Let's get Michael Remus in here to start things off Remo how are you what's going on?
2: I'm doing good huss. I've been you know I think everyone out there can relate that it, it is tax season and you know this is our first time <laughs> first time running a business having to do all this stuff so I've been um, stressing over my personal return but and getting our uh, business stuff. In order, so uh, I'm feeling good though, I figured it out, I fi- I'm figuring it out, we're doing good So I'm in a good mood about that You know, it is the end of the hockey season, and while this is a depressing uh, end And not the way we thought it would be for the Jets It did just feel like a bit of a celebratory atmosphere Just like yeah, the end of the season, looking forward to the summer It's finally getting warm here, there's no snow on the ground um, There's a lot of fan appreciation stuff they're trying to pump up for the weekend so, yeah, I'm in mean, actually a pretty good mood. You know, we've kind of got past the misery of the season, and we were there to watch two teams last night. And, you know, we're pumped for Nikolai Ehlers, uh getting close to his 30 mark. One and more. And One Kyle, more, Nick. Yeah.
1: 29's the mark. 29. 30 would be great. 29 <laughs> is the number that we need, as and, we all know.
2: And third, uh, Kyle Connor closing in on 50, outside chance. But uh, I think a lot of uh, happiness for, for him. Getting that shut up. But that's yeah. sorry. That I, I'm going, as Ken would say, I, I think I'm hitting the buffet of a lot of topics there. How am I doing? <laughs> I'm stressed, but but feeling good. Sorry, I kind well, of went on there.
1: Okay, just on a couple of the things that you mentioned. First off, yes, it is tax season. We've got a couple of days to, to finish up and get it in. A personal thank you to our guy, Mike Lay, at Book & Partners, who has been... Um, Well, you know, personally and from Winnipeg Sports Talk perspective has helped us out immensely. So uh, and I know he's a regular listener, maybe not right now because how busy they are finishing up tax season. But a big thanks to Mike for uh, his incredible help for us. And listen, we'll get to the game. Um, And I can't wait to hear what the atmosphere was like in the Philly radio booth that you were taking up last night. I'm sure they've had some... uh, I'm sure they're quite looking forward to the end of the season. But listen, before we get into last night's game and Eric Comrie's first career shutout and all of that, um, some big news that is very significant to all Winnipeg Jet fans. TSN announcing just in the past uh, couple of hours that legendary play-by-play voice and uh, our favorite Dennis Bayak will be retiring at the from Winnipeg Jets broadcast at the end of the current season. Now, here's the official message from TSN PR. Dennis Bayak, longtime play-by-play voice of Jets on TSN, has announced he will retire from Winnipeg Jets broadcast at the end of the current season. Dennis will continue to appear... Uh, as part of TSN's international uh, hockey coverage. So we will get more Dennis this year. Covering the world championships will be fantastic. And then they go on to say, we congratulate Dennis on his incredible career as the voice of the Jets and look forward to having him continue as a valued member of our international hockey broadcast team um, what can I say, Remus, and I know you'll uh, you'll share these. I mean, from uh, from us here um, in our new spot at Winnipeg Sports Talk, from everyone that was part of the TSN team before the uh, nuke went down over on Pembina Highway, Dennis has been, um, you know, someone that has helped us immensely with, uh, immensely with how generous he was with his time um, and with his knowledge, uh, with his enthusiasm and love and passion for the game and bottom line for his incredible... Incredible calls bringing Winnipeg Jets hockey to uh, fans of Winnipeg and the Jets for 11 years. And uh, it's going to be a huge loss for hockey fans. I have a hard time just imagining watching Jets on TSN without Dennis. Uh, and much like Bob Irving leaving, Derek Taylor popping in, you want to talk about a big pair of shoes to fill for whoever is next up in the TSN booth for Winnipeg Jets hockey. Uh, it won't be the same without Dennis, but um, on uh, from myself and I know you, Reem, um, and really I think everyone that follows the Winnipeg Jets and certainly that's uh, here talking with us each and every day, on the Winnipeg Sports Talk YouTube channel. Um, an incredible congratulations and a heartfelt thank you to Dennis for everything that he has done uh, since coming here and uh, being the voice of our team for 11 years since starting off in that magical 2011 season.
2: Yeah, I remember Dennis coming in from, he was in you know Edmonton and then Toronto and then came here. Um, you know, the first time I really met him was in 2012 during the lockout shortened season. I Produced the show with Rick, Shane, and Dennis, and I, you know, was pretty young and hadn't really done anything. But Dennis he was always, always, always so nice, and um, you know, always asking patient, me patient
1: with you, I'm patient,
2: sure. Yeah, at, you know, always wanted to know how I was doing, and whenever I would call him, always, you know, very generous with his time, and um, you know, I've seen a lot of great tributes on Twitter. that are all true. Dennis, nicest guy. Dennis, great call as well. Legendary voice. Uh, well, def- you know, you think of him, then you think of Jets highlights. The one that I think of is they would play it on 1290 all the time, Huss. The line A hat trick one. Uh, the first uh, thing that came to my mind. Was,
1: the very first yeah. thing that came to my hat-trick, mind.
2: The- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like going bonkers for that hat trick goal. Maybe because they played it in like in this promo over and over. I don't know if any, if people in chat have a call, but I saw, you know, Daniel Fink tweeting out and the Jets go bang, bang, or someone referencing a twisted wrister in the chat.
1: My um, my my favorite Bayakism, which can which comes out all the time, and yeah. it is it's a it's a simple one, but it's unique and you'd hear it all the time, and no one else did it. Was tight turns, they
2: turn. tight turns, tight
1: tight turns, Sir Dennis Mack. You know the guys does? And listen, we've seen some really tight turns from the likes of Kyle Connor, who we'll get to in a minute. Uh, but yes, bang bang uh, will be. I can't I can't go to a uh, a restaurant or even to the grocery store when I do and see bang bang shrimp without thinking of. <laughs> Uh, our good friend uh, Dennis Bayek. So uh, listen, I know he and his uh, lovely wife will, um, you know, be making the most of their time. Um, but what an incredible! And the thing about Dennis that I, I'm not sure everybody knows, um, and this is close to the heart for me because, um, you know, Dennis started doing this, you know, on the other side of the uh, of the of the business. I mean, he was working in the front office for a number of teams. He was the general manager in the Western Hockey League. Um, and then got an opportunity to sort of slide in to uh, do broadcasting and realize that he was one of the best there is and never looked back. So um, it's just an amazing career and a guy that has meant so much to this community. Um, and to be honest, I think in a lot of ways, and I'm sure if you talk to, you know, Mark Chipman and people at the Winnipeg Jets organization, Getting Dennis Bayak here to call Winnipeg Jet Games from the get-go of the return of the franchise was um, was huge because, you know, you had a recognizable name uh, uh, and one of the top broadcasters in the game deciding that he was going to come and be part of this new team. And, um, uh, listen, it was, uh, it's been an incredible run for Dennis. I really do look forward to it at some point. You know, normally we'll have people come on for, you know, a segment and talk to him for 20 minutes or a half hour. We might have to just do a Dennis Bayak special because one of the things that I'm most thankful for, for knowing Dennis over the course of, uh, you know, my time uh, back with the old station and, you know, being around him uh, is, you know, he's in the hockey encyclopedia. He's got incredible stories, and his storytelling ability, in addition to being able to paint a picture of what's happening on the ice for people watching the games, is second to none. So... A hearty congratulations to Dennis. We're definitely going to miss him, uh, and uh, two more chances to listen to Dennis call playoff hockey for the Winnipeg Jets this next couple season. And and I'll say this: maybe in, in some ways, listen, we'd all want this team to be in the playoffs, but there might be one small silver lining. Uh, of the team not being uh, being in. Because one of the things that really did suck every year was that, you know, we'd finish off the regular season and if the team went to the playoffs, there were no more games on TSN. We didn't get to have Dennis' uh, call, um, you know, for the jet games of what people are used to. So uh, two more games left in the season, two more games with Dennis on the microphone uh, and uh, he will uh, go out as, um, you know, an incredible memory, an incredible member of this Winnipeg media community, the hockey broadcasting community and uh, tell you what, Reem, for the last 10 years, we have been, uh, well, 11 years, we have been incredibly blessed with having two iconic voices giving their play-by-play to Winnipeg fans in Bob Irving and Dennis Bayak. And uh, things will look and sound very, very different next year, but uh, both of those individuals have certainly left their mark.
2: Yeah, very well said. Uh, very well said. Has, uh, Winnipeg's been pretty lucky uh, with Dennis and, and Bob Irving, who was the voice of bonus for so many years. Both moving on at the, same, at the same time. It's pretty wild. So there's always been already, as you know on the internet, rampant speculation on who the next voice could be. I, I don't know who it is. I'm not going to speculate. However, I will say very, very big shoes uh, to fill. And we have been spoiled uh, with Dennis doing play-by-play. Every time he would do like, World Juniors or uh, you know he would get bumped up maybe to a national game when TSN had the rights I'd always see you know people on Twitter who maybe didn't watch the Jets broadcast regularly but were hockey fans be like wow this Dennis is is really good like you see people in Toronto be like oh we're really missing out uh on this guy so we've been very lucky and you know you think of Jets games you think of of Dennis leading the way whether with the uh, you know Shane or uh, Kevin Sawyer now or whoever but Brian Engblom has been in you know Mike Johnson or whoever whoever goes in but um, you know it's been a great run and um interesting to see we you know how it happens going forward, but first and foremost, we do wish Dennis uh, all all the best
1: yeah, no doubt about it, and as I said, at some point, um uh, hopefully soon, but whatever works, obviously we'll be doing the world championships um, mm-hmm. we'll get uh, Dennis, what would be great to do is I mean, and now that we've got the equipment, and the ability to sit down like we 'll do with Andy BaNmara later on, um get in the same place, kind of like we used to do back in a legitimate studio. Um, and have some face-to-face yeah. conversations and talk about some great stories and Dennis's memories of uh, um, his uh, amazing broadcast career. So, Dennis, thinking about you today, congratulations And uh, on behalf of everyone that uh, is a part of Winnipeg Sports Talk, both uh, myself and Michael Remus and everyone that's with us on a daily basis listening to the podcast and watching on the YouTube channel. Thank you and congratulations. Um, Well, of course, Dennis uh, did get to call. uh, I guess he wasn't calling last night's game because I believe it was a Sportsnet game, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. I was obviously watching here down in Sin City. Two more games for Dennis uh, as well. Uh, But... Paulie Edmonds, of course, was on the air last night, calling uh, Eric Comrie's first shutout ream. And I was texting you, uh, of course. Here, had to lay a little wager on the Jets. We had a first period ticket and a Jets puck line ticket. But you know, when the team was up third in the third period, it wasn't about cashing any bets. It was about seeing if Eric Comrie could and the Winnipeg Jets could hold on for his first career NHL shutout. And you know, Comrie, in a disappointing season, has been one of the real bright lights and great stories of the Winnipeg Jets' year. Um, you know, has had by far his best campaign as, a, as an NHLer, and to be honest, as the first opportunity to really be a backup that you know that plays some minutes. And I'm sure many people would agree they probably could have used maybe a little bit more Eric Comrie this year. But for a guy that is just such a um, such a wonderful dude when it comes down to it. I mean, anyone that's met him, even if you didn't know he was a hockey player, you'd walk away going, wow, what a nice young man. Um, I think everyone was was feeling it. I was feeling it watching the game. You were there in the booth last night from talking to people at the game. Um, everyone, and teammates especially, really happy for Eric Comrie to get that goose egg and uh, get shut out number one as a National Hockey Leaguer.
2: Yeah, I think as the game was winding down and it looked like the Jets were going to win, Billy had some pressure at the end, but my one thought was, okay, let's make this a success, and hopefully, Comrie can hang on for the shutout. I mean, we've went on, uh, we've went on um, before, you know, talking about what the preseason sentiment among me- emails that we got and DMs. People are saying, well, if Comrie plays, the Jets aren't going to win a game, and which was, I mean, people said that to us, and well, I thought it was um, ridiculous at the time. I mean, it was fair to say he was an unproven NHL goalie, but. I think that you can toss it aside. He's definitely proved he's more than capable as a backup. And I know it was against, you know, one of the worst teams in the NHL. But, hey, he got his first career shutout. And you know everyone's happy. And he's always been so gracious with his time uh, coming on with us or the old station. And uh, it couldn't be happier for him to get his first career shutout yesterday. And, um, you know, they made him work for it a bit. then he had to make some tight saves But uh, JVR going through the legs. In front, there are a couple other good chances, but uh, he was on yesterday, and and hey, I was you know it's a weird time at the end of the year. If anyone's playing fantasy, if you picked him up and you're still playing, or you started him and DraftKings last night, you uh, did pretty well. I, I may have you know put him in a, in a lineup uh, with with, a, with the Jets, so I was happy for him.
1: You know what? This is this is actually a perfect time to take advantage of the live nature of this show, and for folks that are on the podcast, uh you know unfortunately you won't be able to own it. But for people that are with us on YouTube right now, in the chat, let's let's own up to those freezing cold takes. It's it's mea culpa time. You can not necessarily ask for forgiveness, but feel free. I know there's many of you out there um, that were all over Eric Comrie. Now it's time to congratulate Comrie for his first shutout and own those takes at the start of the year that he could not get the job done. Um, overall, I mean, still, it's a disappointing end to the season for the Winnipeg Jets and I gotta say the Philadelphia Flyers. I was hoping to have Brandon on today, uh, but I'm very looking, much looking forward to having Scott on, uh, Bill, from the Winnipeg Sun. In that Brandon, of course, a famous Philadelphia Flyers fan, uh, was gonna go to the game last night. He's a bit under the weather, um, but that is a team that has had as bad as the Winnipeg Jets season is. Uh, if you if you're in the misery loves company um, uh, group, check out the Philadelphia Flyers and. Rimo, you were working the Philly broadcast booth last night, and uh, I can imagine those individuals, anyone that's been around the Flyers this year, counting down the periods until the end of game number 82.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's been a tough season for the Flyers. Um, you know, they've had a lot of injuries and a lot, not a lot of success, and I think the game last night, I don't want to call it a glorified preseason game, but, uh, I mean, the the hitting... I think there was more hitting at my uh, Tuesday skate at River Heights Arena here Hustler so <laughs> <laughs> um, it was I mean yeah they're they're ready to move on to next year and uh the Jets were happy to pad their fantasy stats Kyle Connor getting close to 50 Ehlers close to uh 30 and Dubois you know putting up some career numbers as well so um you know nice uh, nice opponents for the Jets who are you know going to dress their squad going up against teams that are uh, pretty much done. Seattle. I am curious about Calgary. What kind of roster we're gonna see here on Friday from Calgary? Because I look, the Rangers didn't play anyone, and if you were looking at the betting lines, Montreal was a big underdog, and the Rangers they didn't dress Truba, Fox, Piner, and There's so many guys. Cop didn't dress. The Kings sat uh, Kopitar, Kempe. So I'm I am curious about what kind of Calgary team we are gonna see. If you know, for those of us who do want to see Kyle Connor get fifty or Ealers. Uh, hit what over 28 and a half was the number over
1: 28 and a half. That, oh, that was a big one last night. My phone blew up immediately. Weeb texting. I know uh, Mitch uh, from Winnipeg Hockey Talk was all fired up because he, like many of us, jumped on that number before. So, yes, we need one more goal from Nikolai Ehlers. Would love to see two and get 30. Uh, but while 30 is the milestone that most people are paying attention to. 29 is the milestone that we are paying attention to, and they do. And you make a great point about Calgary Ream. I mean, they're locked in in first place right now. Um, <clears throat> they know exactly what's going to be happening next week. Um, they want to stay healthy. They want to be ready, rested, and good to go to avoid what happened to them in five games the last time they were in the playoffs. And that, of course, was another time where they were in first place. They won the first game against the Avalanche and then lost the next four and were out seemingly just as the as the playoffs started right now. So um, um, the other thing that's happening right now is that we're going to be getting a, a bit more clarity as to what these playoff races uh, or how the, uh, the playoff matchups are going to end up. But, I mean, there still is quite a bit to be decided. I mean, only a few um, series completely locked in. That being said, there is one team that was still in it last night going into it that is officially out, and it is the Vegas Golden Knights. And I'll tell you a little funny story. I came down here. Usually I'll try and get down about an hour before doing the show here, make sure we're set up, talk to you, um, just a little bit of additional prep, and be ready to go. And this incredible area at the D at Bar Canada, which, um, I mean, the technology that they put into this spot is absolutely second to none. I mean, basically fully broadcast ready uh, a bunch of individuals from the Vegas Golden Knights were just here. Now Gary's on the road, so it wasn't Gary, but I just saw Darren Millard, Darren Elliott, some other people from the front office, along with the owner of the D and Circa, Derek Stevens, which was really cool to meet him. Um, and they were talking about you know some tech stuff for some you know events and broadcasts that they're planning that potentially could come here. Um, but I got about a good 15-minute chat with Millard on the season. And I said to him, hey, Darren, you're out in Vegas. What do you think the odds we could have got on uh, both the Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights missing the playoffs? And uh, he just sort of laughed. And, I mean, it really is incredible. And on top of it, all, Ree, when you think the last four games for Vegas have gone to OT, the last three have gone into shootouts. Vegas is 0-17 in the shootout, in these last three games. And I got to tell you, you know, considering what happened with Marc-Andre Fleury being traded, Robin Lehner and Laurent Bressois were the tandem. Bressois on the LTIR when they needed to uh, activate Mark Stone. And then, of course, the Robin Lehner saga that we've talked about. Logan Thompson has come in and played incredibly well for Vegas And to be honest, really deserved a better fate. I don't know what the odds are on a team going 17 straight shootout attempts without scoring with the talent they have on that team. But uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it sort of speaks to uh, the shocking nature of their season overall. And even more, how they bowed out of the playoffs in these last few games, including the shootout losses to the San Jose Sharks and last night to the Chicago Blackhawks.
2: Yeah, I, I thought, you know, Vegas, they were Stanley Cup contenders. You know, they made the playoffs every year in existence, and to not make the playoffs this year disappointing. I think it, you do have to say, hey, you know, Eichel was out. I know they traded for an injured player, but he was out. Pacioretty, out. Stone uh, has been out. They have had uh, a lot of players, uh, you know, out this season, and even when they came here on defense as well, uh, missing a number of regulars. But it's tough when you have that many injuries. And I know we said... Don't want to hear excuses, but I do think they have a bit of a legitimate excuse. However, the way they handled the goaltending trading, you know, the Vesna Trophy winner, Marc-Andre Fleury, bringing in Robin Leonard, not I mean, I think people left a bad taste in people's mouths. You know, Nate Schmidt signing a long-term deal and then getting traded for the shiny new object and Alex Pietrangelo. I think a lot of hockey fans, um, I don't know, kind of turned off by the way they've just gone for the new thing over and over again and also just Jealous that they had success early on. Look, it's not Vegas's fault that they were gifted, uh, you know, who do they, Riley Smith, isn't, Riley Smith and uh Marjusso Marjusso from So from Florida. Wasn't, the, you know, wasn't Vegas's fault that Minnesota, you know, gave them two players in Tuck and Holland, you know, to keep one player. Like teams gave them, you know, so I'm all for it with the success they had, but I am seeing a lot of people very pumped that their fans finally get to experience. The misery of being a hockey fan. Well,
1: I mean, I don't know if you've been on Twitter very much since last night. But, I mean, the gravestone meme with the guy sitting by the gravestone doing the peace sign. Um, <laughs> you know, And so they've got the, the Sabres. The, speaking of the peace sign, there we go right there. The, the Sabres. The Coyotes even got into it. Now, I don't think it was the official accounts. Uh, but, yeah, no one feeling too bad for Vegas right now. Um, they've had a lot of success. They do have a lot of talent,, uh, but you know, pay with ninety two million on the uh, on the books to not have a playoff gate. what's well, going to be fascinating is to see how owner Bill Foley handles things, and as I was talking to the guys uh, you know here off air. Uh, I think there is a lot of intrigue as to uh, how exactly it will uh, it will go from here. You know, we'll touch on that with uh, with the bombing coming up. Really looking forward to having Darren on the show. There, there it is. <laughs> God, that, that one cracks me up. Uh, but, hey, listen, just quickly before we bring in Darren Bombing, Um, I want to thank Wallace & Wallace, our newest sponsor, Winnipeg's Fencing and Overhead Door Specialist for jumping on board with Winnipeg Sports Talk. Wallace & Wallace has been serving residential and commercial customers since 1946. If your property needs the security and protection of a new fence or if Winter's done a number on your old one, give them a call at 452-2700. Vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link. Uh, they've got the right fence for you. And if it's time to replace your garage door, they've also got Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. Uh, The experts at Wallace will come down, arrange a time to give you a free estimate, but you can also visit them online at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road. Off of Keniston, um, a big day coming up on Friday. At Vita Health Fresh Market. Hey, every day Vita Health is stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local, organic, and natural groceries, supplements, and beauty products, all at great prices. With an amazingly knowledgeable staff trained on these products that'll help you get exactly what you need. What you need. Not to mention a great grab-and-go deli with healthy and delicious Vita Market salads, soups, and sandwiches. Uh, But Friday, it's 10% off pretty much everything in the store. So if you've been waiting to get out to Vita Health or you've got some needs, why don't you get a great deal on Friday and head out to any of the seven locations. And, of course, you can also go to myvita.ca. They've redone their website, fully shoppable as well, so you can get whatever you need, put it in the cart, and schedule a delivery with Instacart as well. myvita.ca. And, again, Fan of Prairie, customer appreciation day on Friday for our friends over at Vita Health. And, uh, hey, with summer just around the corner, even here in the heat, you do see people that uh, are pulling out the suits. I have not done so as of yet, trying to keep it a little bit more cash. Might have to throw the Mahomes jersey on uh, tonight for the NFL draft. Uh, but we can tell you that if you're thinking about any sort of suit, don't go anywhere else other than F Apparel, the leaders in custom suits for men with a full line of custom clothing for any occasion. And uh, now's a great time to do it, to get ready for weddings and other events coming up this summer and into next year uh, because they've got all their new summer stock, textiles, fabrics in over 250 different patterns for you to choose from. So head on down to 190 Smith Street to find out more. F Apparel, -apparel EPHapparel.com. If you do have a wedding party coming up, don't bother wasting your money on rentals. Go talk to the guys there. They'll give you 15% off for the entire wedding party when you buy your suits from F. All right, let's uh, get to it, welcoming our first guest of the program, Billy, coming up later on. And my guy, Andy McNamara, will join me live here at Bar Canada at the D Hotel in Vegas. But let's get to it with Darren Bombing back on the program. DB, man, great to talk to you. How you been hanging? Oh, hold on oh. a sec, DB. I think uh, I- we got it's a mute either on our end yeah, or your end.
2: I got to pick his microphone. I don't know. Mm.
1: Let's pick the microphone. Of course, Darren, with uh, our friends at uh, his uh, channel over at Bonfire Sports, getting ready for a big, big CFL season. Hard to believe it's pretty much just around the corner. And uh, Darren's also been doing some great work uh, covering the Winnipeg Jets all season long for uh, for NHL.com. Um, uh, are we good? Uh, how are we good with We got the mic out, mic up I, yet, boys?
2: Uh, we had you before.
1: Huh interesting db why don't you pop back out and pop back in that usually is uh that usually is what the uh one the best ways of, of doing it
2: he's got a couple microphones there maybe the wrong ones picked i don't know
1: who is it who is it that had all the mics uh, on oh, last week oh is it andrew collier
2: collier collier had <laughs> must have had like 10 different ones on
0: his thing are we good enough?
1: that's oh, good yeah. we are good right now bombing what's going on man
0: how are you Good to be with you, Hustler. Uh, you know the technical issues. Hey, it's it's like training camp, right? Yes. You're going to have a rusty first day, but uh, I'm looking forward to the 2022 season. Good to be on with uh, you and Remo talking a little bit of football. It's been a busy, um, you know, conversation-filled off season, hasn't it?
1: Well, it certainly has been. Hey, listen, before we get to uh, get to the CFL, because I think yeah. once we get to football topics, it'll sort of take us through to the end. But uh, a couple things. I want to just quickly get your thoughts on the jet season because, of course, you've been covering it throughout the year as well. But first and foremost, I know you tweeted this out. The big news today that I think is going to touch every person, no matter whether what side they're on of the uh, of the camera. Dennis Bayak retiring. I mean, uh, you know, we've been lucky enough. I mean, the two of us over the course of the years with uh, the work back at the old station, uh, as well as just people that just enjoy watching the games um, to have had the pleasure of having Dennis with us. A huge loss, but what an incredible run Dennis has had Here is the voice of the Winnipeg Jets on TSN television.
0: No question. His voice is synonymous with Winnipeg Jets hockey. And I know that it it just resonates in the ears and the minds of Winnipeg Jets fans watching him, uh, you know, for over a decade now on TSN Jets. And, and that capping, really a, an unbelievable hockey and broadcasting career for Dennis Bayak. You know, uh, time, so much time in amateur sport, working his way up to being a general manager in the Western Hockey League. And then, you know, going to Toronto, uh, calling Leafs games there, and then moving back to his hometown of Winnipeg, uh, and a little bit more freedom for him and, and his wife to spend off seasons uh, out west, Um, You know, where uh, he really cut his teeth in the early parts uh, of his career. But, you know, we know how great he is as a broadcaster. What a lot of people don't know is how great he is as a person and a human being. Um, I came out of college in 2011. And, you know, uh, with the Jets coming back and and all of that excitement and activity that was covering the Winnipeg Jets, it didn't matter if I was not even yet a teammate Of Dennis's working with TSN, as you know, what we all did for so many years, even prior to that. So friendly, so accommodating and welcoming. And, uh, you know, through my time working alongside Dennis, looking up to him as a mentor and just a, a great, experienced person and, and kind individual, I can't say enough uh, about, um, you know, the friendship and the advice and, and the mentorship that he's provided me. And I've seen him provide so many other people. Um, you just think about the careers that he has, you know, kind of. Uh, uh, propelled forward. You look at Shane Knighty and, you know, being a green rookie on the air with Dennis Big uh, and then, you know, going uh, on to international hockey. And and now uh, obviously with, uh, you know, our friend Gary Lawless and the Vegas Golden Knights and, and you know, really just one of the best voices out there um, in the hockey world right now. Dennis uh, has really his fingerprints uh, on so many uh, and so much uh, in hockey, wishing him the best monstrous shoes to fill. It's crazy. You know, when you think about um, Bob Irving <laughs> exactly. on the bombers and then Dennis Payak uh, on the jets, uh, hockey and football and sports here in the province is going to look and sound very different, um, you know, in the years ahead.
1: Pretty incredible changing of the guard. I mean, as much yeah. as we're talking about Dennis professionally, I can tell you uh, he is just one of the best dudes you will ever meet. I mean, He's no an question. incredible guy to share a beer with, talk hockey, talk sports, talk life with. And uh, anyways, we're all we're all quite happy for him. Hey, you have been spending a lot of time on the Jets beat throughout the uh, throughout the season. I was just talking with Darren Millard here at the D Hotel just before we went on. Some of the guys from the Golden Knights and popped by and. I mean, if I told you that at the start of the season with the expectations for both the Jets and the Golden Knights and they would be out, it would be absolutely stunning. But uh, have you enjoyed the Jets season? And uh, just maybe quickly, your thoughts on uh, two games left and the most intriguing offseason I think we've had at any point since this team came here from Atlanta.
0: I'll give the guys on the Winnipeg Jets and inside that locker room credit uh, for the way they've spoken openly and critically of their season, especially over the last few days. You know, we're going to get a chance to talk to uh, Blake Wheeler and Josh Morrissey and Mark Shifley, the guys with the letters on their chests um, when they clean out their lockers on Monday. We'll hear from general manager Kevin Sheveldayoff as well. And I'm sure your viewers are going to be looking forward to you guys all breaking that down uh, here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. But um, the season started with so much promise and so much hope And a pretty healthy level of expectation when there were national level pundits and voices and broadcasters and writers calling for the Winnipeg Jets to be in that mix with Colorado and with St. Louis. And, um, you know, with those top teams in the Central Division and in the Western Conference to really be pushing uh, for a Stanley Cup this season, you had a, 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 you know, a Vesna trophy winning goaltender. You had more semblance of normality with the Winnipeg Jets being able to play 40 plus games on home ice at Canada Life Center. All of that momentum, a rebolstered defense, adding Schmidt and Dillon uh, and, and rounding out the roster with some other guys. Uh, it looked like everything was in place. But then came the Minnesota Wild, and they were exceeding expectations. Well, anytime you have a team, whether it's in a division or in the league, that starts to exceed expectations, there have to has to be other teams that are going to regress. I don't think anybody expected the Winnipeg Jets to take this far of a step back. Um especially considering the work they did on the back end with the roster and, and the work Kevin uh did. You look at the season. If, if it was six, eight months ago and you said Kyle Connor's going to be, you know, sniffing at 50 goals this season, <laughs> uh, you know, do you, th- you think the Winnipeg Jets would be on the outside looking in? They'd be like, well, no, they've replaced the goal scoring. No longer there from Patrick Line. Here, Luke Dubois sets a new career high. In goals with uh, with twenty eight, um, you know, usurping his mark with uh, with the Columbus Blue Jackets just a, a few years ago, his second year in the league. Um, you'd think the Winnipeg Jets were going to be a team to mess with, bolstered back end, Vesna Trophy winning goaltender uh, right behind, um, and and offensive punch up front. Uh, it just hasn't turned out that way. Jets fans should be disappointed. They should be asking questions. We all should. Um, you really have to wonder what Shovel Day Off and the Winnipeg Jets organization as a whole has in store this summer to right this ship and still take advantage of these ever-small windows for National Hockey League teams when it comes to the salary cap, uh, entry-level contracts, uh, all of that. um, You know, going into, uh, it's going to be a a really interesting summer, Hustler.
1: Yeah, no doubt. There'll be an extensive autopsy on the season overall, and uh, then we get right into it. Monday is going to be fascinating, we'll do a uh, uh, show specifically all around what we're hearing From members of the Winnipeg Jets, and then uh, it'll be all eyes on a presumably Kevin Shovel day off to see what happens in the off season. Uh, But let's get to the pigskin. Of course, NFL draft going on tonight. We're going to talk about that with Andy Mack here in Vegas a little bit later on. Uh, But the CFL draft is next week, Darren. But before we got to that, the CFL announced a number of rule changes yesterday. We won't go through them all, but I know you spoke about it on Twitter and have gone through them. I mean. uh, What do fans need to know? How are things going to be different next year? What do you think are the more significant rule changes, if any?
0: Well, first credit to the Canadian Football League to continue to be an innovative league when it comes to trying to make the game better. Uh, And that said, you know, we've heard from Mike O'Shea and Kyle Walters yesterday. We heard from uh, Calgary Stampeders general manager, John Huffnagel, head coach Dave Dickinson in their immediate reaction since these rule changes uh, were sent out publicly uh, yesterday. And uh, credit to the league and, and to the teams for being innovative, but keeping the essence of this great Canadian game intact Um, there are a number of rules. You can find all those on CFL.ca and in a variety of places that kind of dig into them, but there's two or three that are the most critical, um, amongst those where teams start following kickoffs, uh, and made field goals. They'll be moved up five yards from where they normally are, uh, to give offenses a little bit more opportunity to take advantage of field position, uh, The hash marks are going to be moved in, and not just a little bit. They used to be 17 yards apart. They're now going to be 9 yards apart. So much more like the National Football League and the NCAA, this is going to open up this 63.5-yard-wide CFL field for so much more creativity on offense with just the amount of room on both sides of the line of scrimmage uh, and and both sides of the tackles for receivers to be in motion and and just more opportunity for wide side wide receivers to be involved in in blocking in misdirection and and in getting open uh, in the passing game Um, it's also going to help the field goal kickers quite a bit, Hustler, and, and, you know, most notably here in Winnipeg. How many times do we see Ali Mortada kick the ball 50-plus yards straight as an arrow... And miss it just wide to I the was outside. Just about to, I was just about to say the exact same thing. The minute you were <laughs> describing
1: the help. hashtags are moving and I'm like, Ali Murtada is going to be 90% field goal kicker this year. One yeah. simple rule change. We don't need to worry about anything anymore. And I, I joke a little bit, but I mean, the yeah. guy was dead straight. There was an alignment issue getting used to the Canadian football league. And, maybe that will help. We'll talk a little bit about the kicking, but yeah, I, I just had to say it. I was just about to ask you about that. The first yeah. name, when I read that, I'm like, oh my God, Ali Murtada is going to be so excited about this announcement.
0: No, no question. Uh, I'm sure the Lion King is, uh, he's referred to, of course, Hakuna <laughs> Murtada, his nickname, uh, you know, no doubt was uh, looking up and, and thanking uh, whatever powers that be football gods above uh, for this rule change. But Husser, that kind of brings us into one of the the biggest Uh, off-season questions and conversation areas Blue Bomber fans are talking about it's it's not Andrew Harris and what the Blue Bombers offense will look like uh, you know with Oliveira and Johnny Augustine running the ball it's not changes on defense and Brandon Alexander still working back from injury looking like he's going to miss uh, a stretch of the season definitely uh, to get things started and obviously lots of changes amongst De- defense in particular with guys going to the National Football League. Um it's kicker and Mark Leggio, legs, and Ali Mortada, Hakuna Mortada, the two nicknames of course. Um those guys being back for 2022 and Sergio Castillo signing with Chris Jones and the Edmonton Elks this offseason. Uh the blue bombers obviously weren't happy with their kicking game in 2021. Prior to bringing in Sergio Castillo, we know how big he was kicking all those field goals and really being one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why the Blue Bombers are back to back Grey Cup champs. But now they're going into a training camp starts in less than two weeks, believe it or not, right here in Winnipeg. And it's going to be the same guys that they felt weren't good enough for the playoffs last year I think a year removed and a year of experience between the ears for a young kicker and young Canadian and Mark Leggio is going to help a lot I think a year of practice and those feel you know uh, the hash marks coming in but just getting used to uh, the nuances of Canadian football will help Ali Mortada but when we asked Mike O'Shea uh, Mike O'Shea was asked about it uh, yesterday, Hustler, uh, he and Kyle Walters were clear. They have not closed the door on bringing in a veteran kicker. Another leg could come as early uh, as this week or next prior to training camp.
1: Well, I, I'm buying stock in Ali Mortada right now after the hash mark rules change. I, I won't sell I, high, right? I, I and, and listen, I, I think we've seen like last year when You know there was the you know they just weren't getting the production but i mean it was the difference between winning by 22 points and winning by 27 at times it wasn't as urgent but they did know and they correctly identified the fact that it's going to be different come playoff time and uh, certainly castillo castillo for my money probably was the mvp of the great cup to be perfectly honest with you i mean he had a huge huge part of that game so I will say this, um, you know, as we, go, as, as, as we go through lot's going on at the sports book today ahead of the NFL draft. I sure hope you're what's behaving up, but, yourself
0: there, Hustler. I hope so you're behaving. Listen,
1: I, I, I can't speak for everyone in my current vicinity right now, but um, we'll do that. <laughs> hey, just speaking, let's get to the draft of next week, um, you know, for the Blue Bombers you know being back to back champions you know i don't think they're expecting that you know any of the players that they're going to be selecting right away might be impact players right away but yeah. we know how Kyle Walters has built this football team and the identification of canadian talent has been a huge part of it and working through the draft what intrigues you about the draft overall as well as the bombers position going in as uh, as champions again
0: well, two things. Number one, you look at Canadian-born and bred talent just in football across the globe right now. The talent level has never been this good. It's unbelievable how many athletes are not just in NCAA programs, but coming out of those NCAA programs and getting the attention of early, mid-round picks potentially uh, in the National Football League. You look at youth sports it's as strong as it has ever been with the talent that they're producing, not just at those traditional positions, offense, defensive line receiver, uh, linebacker and safety, but at quarterback at uh, like true defensive back, there's a lot of guys out there right now that are showing a football level prior to having professional level coaching or elite, truly, truly elite level professional coaching that they have what it takes to potentially make that jump to the next level when it comes to the cfl draft it's always a little bit of a crapshoot and it always happens after the nfl draft because nobody in canada wants to waste a high pick on a guy that ends up getting picked uh, you know in a mid or a late round in the national football league and he never sees canadian soil when it comes to playing football ever again the blue bombers do not have a second round pick they ship that to bc in acquiring the rights to that near Grey cup MVP, uh, in Sergio Castillo. And I'm glad you, you drew attention to that with the way the wind was gusting that day. You know, he could have easily come away with, uh, the MOP of that game. Um, so Winnipeg will pick at number nine being the Grey cup champs, of course, ninth overall. And then they'll have to wait until the twenties, uh, in the, the third round for their next pick. I'll give Kyle Walters some credit. He's done some work this off season. Some of those very under the radar, uh, free agent signings of Canadians and and guys that they would normally try to target to plug in right away on special teams. They've gone out and signed those guys after two three years with different teams in the CFL. So they're not going to maybe get that Kerfale Exume or that Jesse Briggs, uh, you know, at twenty or twenty five in the draft. They're going to have to wait a little bit longer. And with the draft being top heavy and then really kind of having a shelf after the first round where the talent will kind of drop off uh, relatively significantly, at least with guys being able to contribute right away, smart of Winnipeg, uh, you know, to be uh, savvy on the free agent waiver wire and, and, and try to acquire some of that talent when it comes to that first round pick, though, Hustler. It's going to be interesting to see how Winnipeg approaches it. The offensive line is going to look different this year, but they do have some prospects in the pipeline. Their first round draft pick last season, Liam Dobson, time at Maine, then Texas Tech uh, in the NCAA. He's now signed with the USFL. So he is going, well, he's at least under contract for the next two years uh, in the USFL, unless that league folds. Hey, we've seen it before. So it's definitely worth mentioning, <laughs> right? But um, Possibility. You know, it is a possibility. Uh, so Hammond and a couple other guys that they're they're kind of waiting for could potentially be here next year or the year after. So will Winnipeg do what they've always done in finding another Michael Couture, another Suk Chung, another Matthias Gosen uh, with that late first-round draft pick, uh, like a Jeff Gray who's expected to start on the offensive line this year? One thing Kyle Walters did say yesterday, Hustler, and this is important – They're no longer in that phase of building this franchise where they need a Matthias Gosen second overall to start on day one. They don't need a Suk Chung, who was taken second overall as well, to start on day one. They can take the best player available. They can take a guy that is maybe going to need half or three quarters of the season to get acclimated and, and get their body and their mind right for professional football. So a much easier navigation of the CFL draft this season for Winnipeg uh, than in years past.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, DB. Um, you know, there will be some interesting follow from you know the next three days here in Vegas with the NFL draft, and you know potentially some Canadians getting selected there. Um, and then of course next week we'll find out what happens with the Bombers and the rest of the Canadian Football League. And uh, at that point, I know you'll have a bunch of content going on over a bonfire. Hopefully, maybe later on next week after the draft, we can get you on and and look ahead to training camp because the one thing that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We'll be doing at a certain point. We're going to get one of these press releases from D.C. That's going to have like 25 or 30 different names on it that these guys are all signed coming to camp. And the rookie camp battle is going to be fascinating. I mean, I still think back to last year when we knew there was a really good team. There had been a missed season. You know, so many questions about coming out of a lost season of the pandemic. But the other thing is, I mean... They brought 35 bloody DBs to camp last year. They found a couple great ones that helped them win a a championship. But there will be some guys that we haven't even heard of that potentially won't even be signed yet that will be coming, which will make for an interesting rookie camp and main camp uh, for the few spots that are available right now for the Blue Bombers heading into next year.
0: I'll quickly note Mercy Mastin, who I was told by CFL GMs a year ago when he blew his knee in training camp and essentially wrote off his 2021 season, that he was all star caliber during the Blue Bombers 2019 Grey Cup run and somebody that is definitely overlooked. He is healthy. He is back. Mike O'Shea um, and Kyle Walters mentioned yesterday that uh, he could have even been ready to play for the playoffs last season. He is an absolute stud and going to be a stalwart on this defense with the likes of Dietrich Nichols, Nick Taylor, uh, Brandon Alexander, when he's healthy and ready to go. Yeah. I don't know if there's going to be, you know, 30 DBs uh, for, you know, trying out to to try to find a, a starter, but they're going to have to find a starter at defensive back. Who is a rookie once again so um it'll be interesting to watch and it's unbelievable to think hustler uh how quickly well maybe as how slow this winter has gone by now spring is here and um you know training camp and rookie camp getting going may 11th right here in winnipeg
1: yeah, spring allegedly here. Apparently, uh, Rob Zob's got another Colorado low coming in this weekend, as long as it's not snow. I don't want to hear but, uh I don't want to hear oh that. Oh, God, we got to just dry this out and get out. Well, uh, listen, I'll be back next week. Looking forward to the draft and looking forward to having you back on here uh, on the program. And, uh, of course, another great season of content from uh, you over at Bonfire, us at Winnipeg Sports Talk, and to see whether the champs can go back to back to back. Have a great one, DB. Thanks for popping on.
0: You too, Hustler. Appreciate you, man.
1: Follow him on Twitter at Darren Bombing. That's our pal Darren Bombing, who, of course, has been covering the Jets all season long for NHL.com, and is now getting ready to get after it with Israel Love. That is the three-down game covering the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Canadian Football League. All right, Scott Billick lined up. He's going to join us in just a second. Uh, before we do that, hey, I talked to Pitt out at Aikens Lake yesterday. We got some great feedback. They've hired a few folks. There are still... Two spots available. They're looking for uh, dock hands and uh, young people who work at Aikens Lake. Um, so if you do. Have, you know, maybe a university student, uh, someone that likes being outdoors, someone that wouldn't mind spending, oh, four months in basically paradise for the summer. making some great money and working with some of the best people I've ever met. Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge has a couple of remaining spots that they're looking to fill right now. So uh, find out more at akenslake.com. If you are on Twitter, you can send a DM or a, a tweet over to PittTuran at Aikens Lake on Twitter and uh, find out a little bit more about the opportunity. We will be out there later on this summer. It always maybe my best three, four days of the entire year, um, and they do have a very few limited number of openings, uh, whether it's for a family trip or a corporate outing. And You can find out more there at akinslake.com. But the uh, key thing right now is uh, looking for maybe the greatest summer job ever for uh, someone close to you, or if you're a young person that would like to get out there for a few months, get on it right now over at Aikens Lake. Hey, our friends at Culligan Water continue to be the go-to people for over 65 years in the water game in Winnipeg as a family-owned business, and they have, uh, there's a reason why they've been doing it for so long, because they're the best in the biz, and they've got it all. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems, not to mention city-wide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Whether it's for your home, for the cottage coming up this summer, <clears throat> or for your business, Culligan's there for you. See them at 1200 Sgt. Avenue, 6945180, and You can check them out online as well at drinkculligan.com. Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery are ready for all your battery needs heading into the summer. We got through the winter somehow, Uh, And they were busier than ever with all the battery needs for people just trying to get their damn cars started. Now, though, it's the fun stuff. Boats, maybe a hot rod you're working on, that golf cart that gets you around during the summer. Whatever your battery needs are for the summer, they're ready for you. And they've extended their summer hours from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. So you can pop in after work and then maybe do a little work in the garage to get you ready and save some time heading into those very precious weekends. Manitoba Batteries at 1026 Logan Avenue. You can call them at 783-8787. Great way to do is call in the order of the helmet all ready for you to go quick and easy. You can pick it up over at 1026. Logan Avenue and uh, hey it's NFL draft night tonight I should have worn my Chiefs draft hat from last year which I think is pretty much my favorite of many many Chiefs hats Uh, they'll have the new draft hats coming in and of course all sorts of NFL merchandise ready for you if you just can't wait for the upcoming season but it's not just the NFL best selection of Jets gear uh, Jets merchandise in the city tons of bombers as well as exclusive Grey Cup championship hats uh, soccer and more uh, and, again, for folks that are looking to get outside and actually get active, an expanded fitness section, incredible bikes available, soccer, baseball, softball, and more. Royal Sports has it all, 750 Pemina Highway, and follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina. You'll get the latest merchandise drops as well as deals and, uh, of course, some of those famous tent sales coming back this year as well. All right, let's continue the conversation. As I mentioned, Andy McNamara, I'm here at the D Hotel Bar Canada in Las Vegas, just a little ways away from where the NFL draft is going to be happening tonight. We're going to be down at an event at the Circus Swim, which I'm really looking forward to seeing. I'll post some pictures up on Instagram a little later on. Uh, but we do want to continue our Jets conversation with two games left in the season. And Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun joins us now. Scotty, what's up, man? How are you?
3: Good, man. You're at Circus Sports, eh? That's a nice place.
1: It, uh, listen, it's That's uh, it, a massive it's, room. I, I have to tell you, in all honesty, I mean, you know, coming when you go on the road, especially now as a uh, as a smaller outfit with the brains of the operation back in Winnipeg, always a little bit worried about. Okay, am I going to even be able to pull this off? How is it going to work? Uh, I will tell you that um, this this facility here at the D, this Bar Canada, the setup they have with the technology built in this table for both broadcast and things like we're doing right now absolutely second to none the staff has been amazing and uh, you know i always loved coming down to fremont and downtown before when i'd been here but i you know i'd stayed more on the strip not anymore i'm gonna be spending way more time downtown <laughs> yeah. and uh, as i said you know for folks that have seen and i'll suggest as i said i'll get some pictures tomorrow we'll fire it up on the program but uh do yourself a favor just google circus swim and you'll see the It's the combination of the two greatest things, the day pool party and the biggest and best sports book with the uh, the screens. Um, Anyways, it's going to be fun. So NFL (laughs) draft tonight. Um, But listen, we are finishing up this Winnipeg Jets season. And, um, you know, it's been really interesting. We'll get to the game in a minute Then last night's game. But I mean, you've covered you're in every one of these media availabilities. I mentioned this to Marat yesterday. I mean, I think we're all appreciative of the the frank and honest nature of many of the comments we've heard from the Winnipeg Jets. There hasn't really been a lot of sugarcoating it. There haven't been excuses. There's been, you know, I think some honest self reflection of the club. Um, and listen, no one I think expected that the team would be here. At least of which the players in that dressing room. Um, but it's all right. I mean, how have you taken, I think this goes back to the miserable road trip that they had losing all four games and the comments from Stastny and Connor and Ehlers. And uh, that was followed up this week by Neil Pionk, maybe the most frank comments of all, and not just about the team overall, but really looking in the mirror and him taking a big part of ownership for the disappointing season personally and for the squad.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think as as gloomy as some of these availabilities have been, you know, with guys being all whatever, right, like upset and 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 and, and really just injecting that truth serum in. I, I think this is a good thing for this team because, you know, I, I think back to last season and that, that six-game losing streak that the Jets had near the end before they went to the playoffs and and Paul Stasny comes out and basically, I mean, that was kind of the first time where you kind of hear somebody in that room say, hey, We have a problem with the way that we play, the fact that we just think that sometimes we can mask our warts with our play and we can win games in a three or four minute stretch in the third and then everything's hunky dory. Obviously, you know, that that sort of idea, that sort of mentality is caught up to the Jets. And I think we're seeing more and more players come out and say, like, we need to be better. We need. I mean, I thought you know, yeah, Neil Pionk. I thought yesterday when and Nikolai Ehlers came out, and and he's sitting there, and we're asking him about the season, and then you know whatever. And uh, the interesting thing about how these last few games have been kind of characterized by some players. Kyle Connor talked about culture building when it came to these last few games. Yesterday, Nikolai Ehlers stopped short of saying these were like uh, a, a chance to say sorry to the fans, but pretty much said the same thing essentially after that saying, you know, we want to show them that we're better. And, and, and that's, you know, I I think the weight of this season, the last few seasons has caught up to a lot of these guys and, and it's come to a point where maybe these things were kept in house before, or you just kind of kept your mouth shut because you didn't want to ruffle some feathers in the room or whatever. I think we're past that, right? Because these are professional athletes that are just getting sick of losing. And and now it's the point where, you know, last season you went to the playoffs. And the season before that, I mean, it was a weird year, but you were in the bubble. Um, and obviously they didn't make the playoff proper that year, uh, you know, in a sense. But, you know, at least they were kind of in there and there was something to play for. You know, for the last two weeks, there's been nothing to play for, right? I mean, and, and this team has had been forced, you know, during media availabilities to answer questions about a wasted season, a lost season. But these aren't words that we're using in the media. These are words that they're using, and I I think that's important. I think part of that, you haven't heard it from everybody. Obviously, Mark Scheifele's been injured. He'll speak on Monday. Blake Wheeler took a different route than others. Um, You know, it wasn't as harsh, I suppose, as, let's say, Neil Pionk or whatever. But I think you know, and, and I think these guys know change is coming because how could you look at this season or the last couple or even going back to twenty, the last half of the 2018-19 season and not think something's going to change this year? Because it has to. D- Brendan Dillon yesterday said, you know, basically said this is the definition of insanity if this team came back and, and just felt that they would, you know, it was a, a one-off or whatever and that would be it. I know that's been part of it too where Dave Lowry said that, you know, they're trying to show that this – is a one off or it could be I don't know if that's the case because you know obviously it's trended the wrong way for a while now but I think it's been refreshing to have this honesty we ask we 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 crave that in the media we want players to be honest we want them to say what's really on their mind and they're saying that right now and and I think it's very revealing on how the leadership of this team has started to I don't want to say change hands but just the way that it's it's moving, where you got the young players, the Kyle Connors, the the Pierre Luc Dubois, the the Nikolai Ehlers, guys really being honest with themselves about the season and all that stuff. So you know, I think that's that's what I've taken away from this. Is there's been yeah, there's been a lot of damning and indictments on this team from motivation to to culture to preparation to all that stuff like you know things that that obviously teams like tampa or florida or colorado aren't dealing with of course um but but it you have to get to that point where you recognize that stuff first before you can change because otherwise you haven't hit rock bottom yet right and i think this team is at that point where it is kind of rock bottom you're not and, and some of these guys aren't getting older and the guys that are in their prime are feeling that they're wasting their their years and and you don't want that. I mean, nobody wants that uh, around here to see players and, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I think that it's it's been a refreshing week, re- a reflecting week or two here, um, but also an important one for this team that the players are taking ownership. And, uh, you know, now we'll see what uh, upper management's going to do. And that's the other thing. Like, we like the only thing that we don't know that's going to happen this offseason and who's coming back in the fall. Who is going to guide this team? What's the vision of this team going forward? Those are still some of the questions left to answer, but it's clear now that the players, some of them at least, most of them that we have talked to us, are sick of the status quo and are looking for something different.
1: Let me ask you this because, and listen, I mean, we're all speculating in our own way about, you know, what will happen and how things will change. I mean, I think we all know that the Winnipeg Jets, uh, you know, overall as an an organization, have had a plan a pretty clear plan from the get-go that, you know, was building and really seemed to be on track up until, you know, kind of, in my opinion, the second half of the 2019 season. That team was still so good, they were able to be competitive, and, you know, they battled back in that series. But you mentioned that losing streak at the end of the year, last year. The same thing happened in 2019. And I'll never forget, and it's funny, it's kind of a neat segue into Eric Comrie. Because if I'm not mistaken, Eric Comrie started that game against the uh, Avalanche in uh, game 81 of uh, of 2019. You know, you had a team that was second overall, basically midway through the season, uh, that had been to the conference finals before, that seemed completely lost at the end of the year. And that was like, you're, they had a closed-door meeting at the end of game number 81 before going into the playoffs. And, you know, in a way... The pandemic, the end of the 2020 season and the bubble and last year, it almost seemed like it sort of pushed everything off. And this is in some ways to me the reckoning that potentially could have happened at the end of 2019 if they had recognized that maybe, it seems like a lot of the things that we're talking about right now were sort of showing themselves three years ago, Scott. And for that reason, I think that while it might not be historically what the Winnipeg Jets do, I think we could see some real significant change. And listen, I sort of feel for Dave Lowry because, I mean, this is a guy who's been, you know, had a thousand games in the National Hockey League, has been successful as a coach. He kind of came up here. and This was such a great opportunity. But without any real turnaround in the results of the hockey club and where the organization is, we can't forget, you know, for the first time ever, really needing to sort of sell itself to the fans and to earn it. I mean, very difficult to come back. I mean, how significant do you think the changes might be within the core of this team? And uh, obviously, coaching staff, because uh, as I mentioned, I mean, uh, even if the plan all along was to have Dave Lowry be the guy, I think there's a number of things conspiring off the ice that might make that very difficult, even if that was the plan.
3: Yeah, I mean, let's face it, Dave Lowry was handed a raw deal. And don't, don't get me wrong, every coach that's hired midseason after a firing is handed a raw deal. The teams are, are are bad. You know, that's what happens when that there's happens. a reason they're getting yeah, the opportunity exactly. at that point. And and so, yeah, the re- the way the reason why I have a bit more sympathy for Dave Lowry is that he was a handed a team that for you know, like we've talked about here, has been sinking for years. It's not just that this team had a bad year this year. There was a lot that needed to change in this team, and it's it's not just coaching staff, because we've seen that, right? You change there was no coaches bump here, none of that. It's the same. I don't want to. Yeah, it's the same stuff that's been going on for a while now, right? And so, uh, it, but that, at the same time, you know, as Dave Lowry would say about his players, you get an opportunity, you either have to run with it or you don't get it. You know, or, or or you or you you miss out on it, right? This has been Dave Lowry's opportunity. I'm not saying he hasn't done some good. I'm also not saying he hasn't avoided some bad too. And and that's sort of the thing. He hasn't. I don't think he's done enough here to kind of warrant bring him back next season because the problem with this team is that it it requires a lot of change. I don't believe Dave Lowry when he says, you know, they can just kind of pull up their bootstraps and come back to next year and whatever, because here's the thing about the pandemic and all that stuff. Yeah, that threw a wrench into a lot of teams, a lot of things. Everybody's dealt with it in the same way. Every team has had players out. They've had injuries throughout it. They dealt with the same crappy schedules, all that stuff. Good teams got through that, right? Good teams made their way through that. The Tampa Bay Lightning won two straight Stanley Cups in maybe some of the chaotic, most chaotic seasons in, in NHL history in terms of just, you know, the worst state of the world. Um, and they're still good this year too, again, when it's some semblance of normalcy. The Jets just haven't really, they've been stagnant. And then this year it kind of got worse. And, and, And and like you said, I mean, I think that's part of it. It it kind of, it it made it so this team was, you could almost overlook it because, oh, we can blame the pandemic or we can blame whatever. Well, you know, these, these excuses just keep adding up until you kind of run out of them. And so, yeah, I do, I see major changes here. I don't know what that looks like just yet. Obviously, coaching staff, as you said, I think the only one that's safe on that coaching staff is Wade Flaherty. I think the, uh, the 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 relationship that he has with Connor Hellebuck and Eric Comrie, um, you don't mess with that because that's your number one goaltender and that's your backup goaltender. And likely that Eric Comrie is probably back here again next season. You, you don't mess with something that's working there. Um, but everything else, I mean, is is up for up for grabs, right? And I think you know you need a coach in here that is different it, it just it's not somebody from within the organization it's not an assistant coach you need somebody to come in here that has a fresh view on things um you know when you would do an audit or something like that you, you don't get it done internally you want somebody from the outside to come in so they have a fresh set of eyes with no biases and all that stuff that's what the jets need to do does that affect kevin shovel off? i'm not sure i mean this is a team you know mark chipman we saw the defense of Mark Chipman when the Kyle Beach stuff came out of, of Kevin shovel Can you just go and then fire him at the end of this season after that? Like, I'm not so sure about that. And so I'm not sure where Kevin shovel job kind of stands. I don't know what the vision of this team is though. Right. It has been draft and developed, all that stuff, but it hasn't gotten them to where they wanted to be. And yeah, we can say they went to the Western conference final four years ago. Now, it hasn't translated to anything more than that. And that was a one-off. If you want to talk about one-offs, that was a one-off too, just like this season could be viewed as a one-off. Um, and then players. I mean, we've all seen it from Mark Shifley. Can, he, can a new coach come in here and reinvigorate him? What are you going to do with Blake Wheeler? Is, is it time to maybe move on from Blake Wheeler and try and look different how do you move on from blake wheeler yeah to Is me it, that's a, it, to me that's hard. a
1: non-starter i mean we it's hear hard. that all the time first and foremost right. i mean there's a no move contract in the contract so unless he wants to do that right that's not even on the table and listen this goes back to conversations we've had all year i and listen i know some people in the chat have thought that i've sort of been picking on mark shifley and i mean hey listen i mean hey. he's a very important part of the player yeah. part of the hockey club and I mean, there's been a lot of parts of his game that, as for a leader and for your number one center, haven't haven't been cutting it. And I think it has had a detrimental effect not just on the team, but, well, a lot of the things that we've talked about come back to that. And listen, we're not hanging it on him, but if you're looking at this group right now and you're thinking, how do we make a significant change of a piece that comes back and can bring you some significant value? I mean, all... All roads lead to 55. I mean, are you moving on from Connor? Hell no. Nikolai yeah. Ehlers? Definitely not. Pierre-Luc Dubois is the biggest priority to get him signed for this yes. off season. And here's the thing. When Mark Scheifele's contract is up in two years, he'll be 31 years old.
3: And you're not I think, resigning.
1: Well, yeah. and, and, and if you wanted to, if yeah. you wanted to, I mean, the cost is going to be considerably higher based on his offensive production over the course of the year. Yeah. So... I mean, if you are thinking about making a move that affects the culture of the team, the core of the team, the leadership group, I mean, it, it, it's, it's every single check. And let's not forget, from a general manager's perspective, you have a player that has proven himself as an elite offensive player in the league. Um, and there'd be a lot of teams, I think, that you know would bring him in knowing that you'd have two years at very good value to add to potentially another really good team that maybe he doesn't have to be that number one guy and puts him in a position to succeed. And I'm very interested to hear what we get out of Mark Shifley on Monday uh, because, to be honest with you, Scott, I mean, outside of all that stuff, which speaks to the opportunities for the Winnipeg Jets if they made that move, I'm not sure there's a guy in that dressing room that could maybe use a change of scenery than Mark Shifley himself. I I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that he would like.
3: Yeah. And I agree. And I wouldn't be surprised if we hear that at, at some point too. I mean, one of the questions of Mark Shifley on Monday is going to be, do you want to be here, Mark? I mean, that's going to be one of the questions because it seemed at times this year that he's indifferent to playing the game the way that that needs to be played. And, that's in stark contrast to some of the guys that have been out there this year—the Kyle Connors, the the Nikolai Ehlers, the Pierre-Luc Dubois—who are playing a certain style of hockey that that you know, let's for better lack of a better term, shows effort on the ice. And you know, I, I get that people think that we're all bashing on Mark Scheifele, and, and the one thing with Mark Scheifele is. As as poor as some of us may have think that he's played this year, he's still a point-per-game player. And that's the crazy part about Mark Shifley, is he could be so much better if he if he played. Because if he played defense, I don't think his point totals matter. like I, I, They matter, but I think that they're not going to be effective is what I'm trying to say. And, and, and I think Mark Shifley could be, for the lack of a better term, rehabilitated here. I don't know if he ever caught on to Dave Lowry's message. I'm very curious to know how much, one, the Olympics going away affected Mark Shifley, and two, the Paul Maurice walking out on the team affected Mark Shifley. Well, well, hey, Blake let's, Wheeler. hey,
1: let's back up a little bit. I mean, hey, listen, I'm the first one to say, I mean, go back to the shows. I mean, I was incredibly high on Shif going into this season. Yeah. I mean, I was taking him on the props on the over. I mean, I thought he, he was a player and this is part of the disappointment of the season especially when you look at that first half of the year and I know we had covid and who knows maybe there was more things behind the scenes that we didn't see but i expected to see the most motivated and driven mark shifley we'd ever seen this year because of exactly what you'd said yeah. and to be perfectly honest scott the olympics being canceled might have been the best thing that happened to mark shifley because i think for all the hopes and expectations that he had of being on that team From the way he played at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if he played himself out of the conversation. So, I mean, all of that adds to the questions about the year that he specifically had and his future in Winnipeg. Um, And it all goes back to, you know, what we've been talking about with some major decisions and if you are shaking up that core. Um, Because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, just move Blake Wheeler. Well, guess what, folks? I mean, in addition to the no move, I mean, you know, he's he's at... I really do think that Blake Wheeler can be part of the solution here. Um, I think that Blake Wheeler is going to buy into, you know, if there's a new coach to a new message. I mean, and I assume that he'll probably still have the C, but I think any coach is going to come in is going to want to elevate the level of some of those other players that we've been mentioning to part of that leadership group. And whether they have letters on their chest or not, to me, is almost irrelevant. To have more guys be part of that group, as opposed to have the leader and the leadership group, and then everybody else expected to just follow the way that uh, the way that they uh, they go about it.
3: Yeah, and I would I would argue that Blake Wheeler's best hockey this season has come without Mark Scheifele at, at at center with him. Yes, right?
1: the answer and to that it, is yes.
3: And so, if you're a new coach coming in, or if you're Kevin Chevaldeoff, off, I mean, I guess the argument is there, but you need both of those guys, I suppose, on board with the schism, you know, right? Like it, it it seems over the last years, like it was almost like this team reluctantly would move these guys away from each other. Well, it, it didn't seem, it just was that way. And, but when they were like Blake Wheeler, some of Blake Wheeler's best hockey w- when Mark Shifley was out injured in 2017, 18 was when Blake Wheeler was playing by himself on center. He wasn't playing by himself, but you know what I mean? He was on without Mark Shifley. Those two guys are so comfortable with each other that I, I'm not sure it was beneficial to the team anymore. Yeah, they put up a ton of points together. Blake Wheeler's best two seasons, 91-point years, can be attributed to playing with Mark Shifley. But was it best for the hockey team to always keep those two together? And I'm not sure, especially when you have a guy that like Nikolai Ehlers or Patrick Liney before him, that you would rather have seen those two kind of do that and have Blake in a different role, especially in the last couple of years where Father Time is starting to catch up with Blake Wheeler. Um, But it's always been, let's just go back to Mark and Blake, back to Mark and Blake, blah, blah, blah. But now that you've had Mark or Blake with Mark out injured and Blake playing on a line with Dubois or whoever it's been, it's worked out for Blake and he seems to be I don't want to say free because I don't think he would agree with that, but at the same time, it's just almost like there's a really, I, not sorry relief isn't in the I don't know what the right word is, but it, it's almost been like you know it's been this just kind of freeing moment for Blake yeah, D, I where think he there's, can it, play. So, yeah I think
1: there's been an honest acceptance of what's happened sure way, that like where this team was, where the team is right now um, yeah. and obviously knowing that the things that things do need to change. Um, quickly last night uh, let's talk Eric Comrie for a minute and yeah. uh, I know we've got a clip and maybe we'll play that in a couple minutes when we finish this up um, uh, I, I gave everyone the opportunity in the chat to, um, to <laughs> own their freezing cold takes at the start of the year with all the, too. With, with all the worries, uh, worries about, about Eric Comrie um, all he's done is done the job when he's been asked all season long and uh, you know listen there wasn't a lot to get out of these final few games But I will say this. um, Just on a human level, to see Eric have the season that he's had with the sort of person that he is has been a great story. And for him to get that first NHL shutout last night, I mean... You wouldn't think that as you could possibly be nervous up three goals with a three-minute uh, three with three minutes left in the game when Philly gets that power play, but I think everyone watching the game and certainly everyone in the building knew as it was at stake, and uh, um, it was just awesome to see yep. him get that result last night. And you can see how beloved he is by his teammates by the reaction to that. Uh, one of the few real bright lights of this season, to be perfectly honest.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I was watching. Watching from the press box, and the biggest thing about that whole game was that the biggest test, as you said, as you as you as you mentioned there, was that late power play as Josh Morrissey took a penalty there. And it's not like Philadelphia, like Philadelphia's in a bad spot, and they're, you know they're not making the playoffs and tough, but they're trying to get a goal here, right? Like they don't want to get shut out by a backup, and and they put seven shots on Eric Comrie, and Eric Comrie makes every single one of those saves. And none of them looked like he was really sprawling or desperate or anything. He was locked on, right? I said at the beginning of the scene, I wrote in my predictions, whatever, and these are all – we always get these wrong when we do them. I don't know why we do them because it just makes us (laughs) look like complete idiots. I said the Jets would be looking for a backup goalie, you know, someone like Anton Forsberg or whatever, by American Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I couldn't have been further from the truth, right? Like, I couldn't have been more wrong with that. And I'll eat it because – you know, the thing with Eric Comrie was he was coming into the year as the backup because of cap situations. They had him at league minimum and all that stuff, right? So that, that was good, but he was so unproven in the NHL. It's not like he had these great starts and all that kind of stuff um, when he was with New Jersey or Detroit. He never played a game for Arizona. Uh, all that stuff, right? It, he just never, never stood out. And But in training camp, he did play well. But in the games that he played, they weren't that great. I, I don't think Eric Comrie, after training camp, after preseason action, proved that he was capable of doing this. But he did over the season and when it mattered. When Connor Hellebuck was struggling, or when Connor Hellebuck was out sick, or when Connor Hellebuck had his, had his child, had his son, all of those things, Eric Comrie was just waiting for this opportunity. And he took it and he ran with it, and he and he amassed this great save percentage. He amassed this great uh, goals against average. He's got a 9-5 on one record now. He has his first NHL shutout. Nobody, nobody, I mean, stand up and be counted, and you're a liar if you do, if you thought Eric Comrie was going to have as good of a season as he did because, you know, the Jets had sort of been spoiled in the last couple of years with, with Laurent Boursois and how good he had played at times and that sort of thing. But Laurent Bressois priced himself out of this town and you were left with Eric Comrie or who knows what. And, and that was the thing. We talked about all the, all the things that we got wrong. We talked about how good this, this forward group was going to look, how, how how great the defense was becoming because of the additions. The question mark going into the season was how was the backup role and how many games was Connor Hellebuck going to have to play? And it came to a point now where we're talking about Eric Comrie should have played more games you know, because he played so well, and he earned that, and we didn't, and, and the Jets didn't need to play Connor Hellebuck as much as they did, um, and so you know I think you know it's great for Eric. I mean, here's a salt of the earth guy. I remember we were in Seattle, and this is a little thing. I don't know how much time we have, but we're in Seattle. And me and Mike McIntyre go to dinner. At, I think it's called Shaker and Spear, and we sit down next to Ben and Kitchin, uh, the Moose Strength and Conditioning Coach and Eric Comrie, and we're at the next table. And, like, you know, I, I would imagine that most players don't want to sit next to two media members, you know, at, at a dinner out with their buddies or whatever, but Eric Comrie is just, like, the nicest dude, right? And, and and he says, hi, whatever, you know, how are you guys doing, all that stuff, made some quips during the meal, all that sort of thing, right? Like, it, it's the type of player where, like, we're not supposed to cheer as fans but, or as media members, but you, know, you want to see this guy do well because of how, how authentic he is, how genuine of a good person he is on and off the ice. It's not like this switches off after he's out of the media or if you see him out town. Like this is a guy, I'll, I'll say this about Adam Lowry too, the same sort of thing. You see Adam Lowry, he'll say hi, he'll chat with you, he'll do whatever. It, it, it's just a certain type of player, a certain type of human being um, that does that, and so you know when the guy has success, whether it's here in Winnipeg or you know in, in Florida or whoever. I mean, these are the guys that you like to see have some success, and especially after what Connor or uh, 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 Comrie had been through in the last couple of years, you know, all over the all over the NHL with all these teams on waiver wires, taxi squad, all of, pretty much all of last year. That's a tough go, and then for him to finally get his opportunity and, and run with it. Um, it, it's a great story at the end of the year. And, and, you know, that's kind of what you're searching for as a storyteller, as a reporter at the end of the year, when there's nothing else, you're not dissecting special teams or defensive pairings or whatever the season's over. I mean, you, you want to see a good story. You want to write about a good story. And I think Eric Comrie has been that kind of, I don't want to call it silver lining in a bad year because they're not the same things, but he's just been a good story. Um, and, and it couldn't probably happen to a better person um, you know, giving where that guy comes from and all that stuff. Nobody is is as humble, uh, in my opinion, as Eric Armory. And nobody works harder. I mean, fans don't get to see this, but, man, this is the first guy out on the ice. And he will play until the other guys drop. And he'll still be ready to go. And that's that's the craziest thing about Eric Armory is he's just so, so driven to be good.
1: You know, it's a, you know what, it, it, it's, you're bang on on that. And, uh, and I will say this, I and mean, we had many conversations at the beginning of the year. And I, I mean, the one thing that I'd said about this, and we kind of went through his starts before with the Winnipeg Jets game by game, like he, he could not have been served a bigger shit sandwich by his teammates at times when he started those spot starts early in the career with the way the team played in front of him, including that game that I mentioned. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's important, whether it be for players, for coaches, to give people a chance a legitimate chance and he got it this year and he made the most of it Scott this has been an awesome conversation uh gonna be a very interesting day Monday I know you'll be all over it in the Winnipeg sun and hopefully maybe after Monday as we get into the playoffs we can get you back on we'll get your thoughts on what we hear from the Winnipeg Jets and uh, a little thought on the 16 teams that will be competing for the Stanley Cup thanks as always buddy really appreciate it
3: No, I appreciate it. And shout out to Dennis Bayak. I'm sure you've heard the news. Oh, Uh, we were talking about, you know, know, I meant to, I meant to
1: mention that to you right off the bat. Just
3: shout out to Dennis. Great person, obviously legendary in the booth, but like the most humble, nicest guy out of it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a sad day, but also happy for Dennis that, you know, the workload will be off of him and can spend more time with his, his wife and, and, and on the golf course, of course. Um, so, you know, just wanted to shout out Dennis there and, uh, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's an emotional day for him today and the next two games that he gets to, to call are going to be emotional. Um, and I hope the fans show up and, and show him support because you know some of the best calls over the last 11 years, I mean, I'll go back to the Liney call when Liney scored in overtime for the hat-trick and the you know the score, score scores. Patrick Liney. I, I mean, I've walked out of the arena so many times and they have a little TV in the s- second floor and, and you can hear it and you just hear that over and over again. Um, and, and then the whole bang, bang thing, you know, little bayakisms and stuff. So I, I just hope fans appreciate what Dennis has done. Uh, you know, to the end, he would sit behind us in scrums, and take notes, ask questions, always like consummate professional prepared to the nth degree. Um, and that never waned. I've been here since the second year, or the third season, um, that the Jets came back. Uh, and I've never seen a guy, uh, he works so hard, so nice on the road. I mean, you just... Yeah, great guy. He's the best. Great guy. He's, yeah, he's, I he's mean, the it's... best.
1: He's been so great to to uh, to yeah. all of us. And um, it'll be a big loss. And as we mentioned, we had the same conversation when Bob Irving stepped away about the yeah. size 22s that now Derek Taylor's going to be stepping into. Yeah. It'll be the same thing at the TSN Jets broadcast yeah. next season. Scotty, be well. Enjoy the weekend. These final couple games, we'll catch up next week.
3: For sure. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks.
1: Great stuff. There's Scott Billick. All right. Andy Mack's going to join us in just a second. We will hear from Eric Comrie in just a moment. So Remus, if you want to get that ready, I do want to thank our friends at breezy bend golf and country club. Yeah. We're going to get another Colorado low. Yeah. Another 40 millimeters of rain or whatever. Golf season is coming. It's not a rumor, everybody. And uh, listen, if you're looking for an incredible spot, for the golfing future for you and your family, I don't think there's any better spot than Breezy Bend Golf and Country Club. Incredible improvements to the course over the last couple of years through the pandemic, through the clubhouse patio as well, and um, renowned for their incredible junior program, ladies golf programs, and of course, amazing men's nights and more. Find out more about the Breezy Bend waiting list right now with Corey Johnson over at uh, Breezy Bend, and you can also find out more online at breezybend.ca. Shout out to our friends at Not Auto Corp. I know Trev's going to be watching the draft, but the Raptors game six tonight. He was out there for game four, uh, but you know, we'll be back. Uh, the Not team, though, is ready for summer. If you're looking for a new vehicle, whether it be electric like a Tesla or a traditional vehicle, why not get into the car of your dreams at Not Auto Corp? Go visit them at Waverly and McGilvery, or you can find out more online at Not.ca. And again, a big cheers to our friends at Little Brown Jug award winners on Saturday night is the best local beer at the Winnipeg Nightlife Awards. Uh, you can pick up that great taste at 1919 at fine bars and restaurants throughout the city. You can grab all the great little brown jug offerings at your local beer store but the best place to do it is down at the brewery and tap room on William Avenue. And, of course, you can order online as well. If you're not able to make it down, they deliver Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. And you can order at littlebrownjug.c All right, just about ready to bring in Andy McNamara. But as we've been talking about Eric Comrie, who had his first shutout last night, let's quickly hear from the goaltender after last night's game, along with Kyle Connor postgame.
4: to secure that first NHL
5: shutout? feels really good. Uh, it's, uh, it's a happy moment for myself, but, I mean, a lot of hard work went into that, but a lot of hard work with the guys played tonight. They played fantastic game, and uh, they made it really easy for myself to uh, see the puck and just make a lot of easy saves because they were playing as good as they could tonight.
3: Uh, what does it mean to help Eric get that first
5: career shutout? Yeah, like you said, we're all happy for him. He's the type of teammate that you cheer for every single day. Um, you know, you see it in practices. I'm sure you guys watch it all the time you know he's always one of the last ones to come off putting in all the work um so it's it's pretty cool to see a payoff
3: flipping the script eric what's it like to see kyle set a jets 2.0 points record with 92
5: it's fantastic uh i knew it was going to happen because i don't really stop in practice and no one stops in practice so you know what's going to come <laughs> i mean he's too good of a shooter too good of a passer he makes too many plays um i'm happy for him i'm proud for him he comes out and shoots on me all the time and gets better and Hurts my confidence, so I'm glad he's doing the other goalies, too. <laughs> Eric
4: was, uh,
0: sorry, Eric was uh, April 27th, 2022, the night you've been dreaming of since you were a kid
5: strapping on the skates the first time in your life? Uh, I don't know. I, I, there's a lot of moments you dream of. Um, I don't think it's much that I dream of as much as my first game or my first win. It's definitely up there for sure, but I, I mean... The big, the big dream you always have is you always have yourself winning the Stanley Cup, and that's what I've always dreamed of since I was a little kid, and that's still the ultimate goal. I mean, this is an awesome moment, but, I mean, I always dreamt of raising Stanley Cup over my head, and that's always been my goal since I was a little, little kid.
0: All right, there's Eric Comrie of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, folks, we are, of course, live
1: here in Las Vegas at Bar Canada. At the D-Hotel, the first round of the NFL draft is tonight, and one of the best parts of getting down here is being able to hook up with my good buddy, Andy McNamara, live
4: with us here for the first time. Andy,
1: welcome. Too sweet, brother. It it is
4: too sweet having you here. How are you? (laughs) I am. I'm great. I'm great. It's great to see you. We were hanging out a little last night, you know, a couple bevvies, having a good time hung out with Austin Necklace yeah, a little bit. Yes, special guest. That was uh, you know, and, and this, this is what like, I do. I, I, yeah, man, what I this do. is what you do. <laughs>
1: um Folks, check out the uh, the Winnipeg Sports Talk Instagram yeah. feed. By the way, you should be following us on all socials as well, regardless. There is a Moose uh, ticket contest up there as well, which we'll uh, do the tickets for tomorrow. And uh, we'll also be able to do some tickets for the Ice, who, uh, of course, uh, will have a Game 5 against the uh, PA Raiders after uh, dropping the game last night, 3-1. So Game 5 is a go for the Ice Stay tuned to Winnipeg Sports Talk for your chance to win tickets as well or get to the ICE, uh, ICE website and count yourself in. But, yes, so we were here at Barcana last night. I finished up the show. You got in yesterday. Right. There's going to be a little event here for uh, the UFF. We'll talk about what you're doing with that organization for folks that aren't aware. Um, and, yeah, special guest star <laughs> at the table last night, the <laughs> fantasy god himself, Austin Eckler. Uh, that, listen, that was a really, really cool little moment. And that was neat. What a what – a I mean, impressive young man. we have just spending a lot of time yeah. talking about Eric Comrie, who's certain that way for the Winnipeg Jets. But as a superstar in the National Football League, I don't think this guy could have been more down-to-earth and, and real. Yeah. I had time for everybody last night. and uh, Photos, heck chat. Of, like,
4: heck of a great way heck of a great way to start off the uh, these next few days. Well, I wanted to surprise you because I'd been talking you to did. his media rep and all that, <laughs> and I, I was like, okay, you know, until a guy shows up, they haven't shown up, right? So you want to make sure. Then he goes, he shows up, and I'm like, hey, Huss, you want to meet Austin? Lord, what? <laughs> and, yeah, super cool guy. Like, a le- no ego. He was tremendous. He was absolutely tremendous. He's big on Twitch as well. Um, and he, he was he was very cool. He's going to be getting involved with some of our UFF Sports stuff, so I got to have a chat with him. And, yeah, took a bunch of pictures, so a great start this well, and it week. was
1: neat because, I mean, he was so interested in the UFF and how
4: it sort of works. And yeah. then when you know you
1: introduced him to me, I mean, was wondering about, you know, the content game. Now that we're sort of doing things independently. Yeah. And uh, anyways, it was a really, uh, really neat. Overall, though, it is the National Football League draft right now. But you, of course, and UFF Sports, uh, big presence here in Vegas. Yeah. Big event coming here. You've got the call. Just fill people in quickly because we're going to start talking about the draft and teams. Sure, It'll sure. go a long time. Let's uh, yeah. talk a little bit quickly about what you're doing and the group right now as you continue to grow and get into uh, more
4: angles of uh, what really is a groundbreaking style of fantasy uh, fantasy sports. Yeah. It's professional fantasy sports. That, that's That's really what it is. And, the re- one of the reasons you're here at Bar uh, Canada at the D is because the owner Derek Stevens of the circa uh, the D and Golden Gate just got a chance to meet him right before oh, I you? went on the show oh, today. Nice. He was hanging Great around. Food. Great big,
1: big, big Winnipeg Sports Talk fan. I just wanted to be of here for he the is. show. Of course Check he it is. Of course he
4: is. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So he's invested in a whole bunch of leagues, and that's why this is sort of our home base. So we're doing the ultimate college fantasy football league. So we already have our NFL equivalent. We have our Legends League, our esports that runs now. Every week on Twitch. You can follow those on social media also at the AFL. And you get to
1: hear Andy, the human bottle of five hour energy, call the games as e-sports. well. <laughs> there's a
4: little extra punch when I get a little brown when the Browns are going. And the brown, <laughs> when Jim Brown's a chugging on, on the <laughs> esports. But we're doing the college side. So this kind of completes our fantasy ecosystem where you're building out a 31 player roster. So there's a 31 round draft. You got offense, defense, offensive line, all that good stuff. And then what you're doing, Huss, is you're you're really creating and running this team. Like it's a, you know, like a real college team. So it's a great opportunity for anybody who thinks, hey, you know what, I I could do better than these guys. I could do better than this program or this team. You can actually do it. And it's all working in as well, the blockchain, crypto, NFT franchise token. So the equivalent is, you know, the Green Bay Packers who, you know, they're like, hey, you want to share? You're like, yeah. I was like, what's that get you? Nothing. You get no, you, you get to put it up on your wall. You get to say that you're an owner of you the get, Green Bay Packers. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> now, do you get some of the revenue share from the TV deal? uh uh-uh. No. No. You don't. But with ours, what is happening, it's the NFT franchise token. So you're going to be able to sell NFT shares and actually give uh, prizes, rewards, build around your franchise. So a revenue earner as well as the prize. So it's going to be tons of fun. That goes – you can go right now, check it out, uffsports.com. And uh, then – all the directions there. Just click register. Uh, 500 bucks again, and you're in. Yeah, and of course, uh, you can check out Andy. Make sure you give him a follow at AndyMC81
1: on Twitter, and uh, you know, he'll uh, boost a lot of that stuff, and you can find out more about it. So we're here. Tonight's the night. 32 names are going to be called, uh, not 32 teams picking, a right. number of teams with multiple picks, including my Chiefs, at the bottom of the draft. Yeah. The two New York teams to double picks early in the draft. But I will say this, Andy. I mean, we've covered this for a long time and just being fans, I mean, you're sort of draft nerds. This is a different draft than I can ever remember before. I mean, the quarterback talent doesn't seem to be of the true elite level that gets the QBs picked Mm -hmm. at the top of the draft. Um, It's about linemen. It's about edge rushers. And because of the uncertainty of it, I would say this is almost as wide open of a first round as we've maybe seen in recent NFL history.
4: Yeah, and super deep at wide receiver. Again, this is about the third year where you're going to be able to get stud starters in the second round. Remember DK Metcalf? That was a yes. second round pick. Yeah.
1: We all remember DK Metcalf. That Listen, <laughs> we talked about people owning bad takes with Eric Comrie earlier today from the beginning of the season. I was not part of that group. I am certainly part of the DK Metcalf group. I was giving you... A hard time saying this guy was the, going to be the biggest draft bust. Everyone's falling in love with him I because them. of his great thing. You did, and yeah. uh, he's turned into an incredible specimen, albeit I don't know who's going to be throwing the football well, this year. That's a different story. Could be, but, could be answered tonight. Well, well, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what. Listen, we'll get to a couple of the categories of the draft in a minute, um, but for people that are interested, might not be thinking about the actual or knowing about the players that are being selected— There's a couple huge stories around the draft. And we will talk Debo Samuel because he's been the number one name. But let's talk about your Browns for a minute. You know, they spend all that draft capital to get Deshaun Watson to come in. Baker Mayfield is still property of the Browns. Um, Fill us in on that situation. And do you expect Baker Mayfield to still be a
4: property of the Cleveland Browns by the time we uh, get to round two tomorrow? I think it all depends what the Carolina Panthers do at six. I think that will tell the story. Um, and as long as they don't trade back up or anything. Because the Carolina Panthers, they have the sixth pick. Then they don't pick again, I think, till it's like 127, something much later. Yeah, they they don't pick again to the fourth round. So if you want a quarterback, you're getting them at six or you're not getting them. And if they do not take a quarterback, then I, it, all the dots are connecting him and Baker Mayfield, uh, or the Panthers and Baker Mayfield, which is kind of funny because you'll have the t- two of the top three picks of the 2018 draft, him and Sam Darnold, yeah. old dead eyes, uh, himself <laughs> on, on the same team. I think Baker can still do it in the league. I think he got honestly a bad, I bad do, rap. I do too. He got to get a bad rest. The dude won a playoff game, and he beat Pittsburgh twice in a row. And then he busted up his shoulder, and they didn't take him out. He I played injured sabotage. all last yeah.
1: season. It was so obvious. And yes. I mean, at some point, I mean, I, I, I. I I wondered in the logic of continuing to throw him out. And, listen, we know the way these athletes are wired, yeah. um, especially quarterbacks, leaders. I mean, they have to be tough. They have to play through a lot. But I don't, think, I don't think it did the Cleveland Browns uh, any service, and it certainly didn't uh, for Baker Mayfield. And, you know, for the way that this is all shaken down, I understand they believe in Deshaun Watson. They had the opportunity to get him despite everything that's happened off the field. Um, and they made the big swing, and they got it done. Yeah. I um, made a but, splash, but just I'll, like the draft day movie. Huh? Yeah. Made a splash, worst movie of all time. Such a good movie. Uh, but I will, but I will say this: um, I do think that there, I think Baker Mayfield can win football games. Absolutely. And I mean, We were one year away from him going in and beat the crap out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tell me that didn't oh mean something God. to Browns fans, long-suffering <sighs> Browns fans.
4: Hustler, I have, and you know what? If I was, would have thought I would have, I would have wore the shirt here because I have it. I bought the, the place called Cleveland Maserati. Because Colin Coward called uh, Baker Mayfield a Mazda. He's not a Mazda. He's a Mazda. And so they called the play that got the Browns to the playoffs because they beat Pittsburgh two weeks in a row uh, at the last week. So the play was a Baker Mayfield sweep. So I actually have a shirt that's called Cleveland Maserati and the, with, like, the helmets, the design play. You know how they have, like, the little loops and da, da 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 So I have the Cleveland Maserati shirt. That meant everything. And remember, too, Baker Mayfield came in on that Thursday night when the Browns hadn't won the game And how many days. The beer fridge is open. I will always have a soft spot for Baker Mayfield. I think he did tremendous work, and, you know, his, his attitude caught up with them with the injury, he got frustrated. I feel that because this front office did not draft Baker, that was John Dorsey. So his coach wasn't there, the GM wasn't there. This really seemed to me like they wanted an excuse to get Baker out. And let's face it, if you look at pure talent, no matter how much I love my Baker, pure talent, only football, Sean Watson's an elite quarterback. He just is. No. He's, he's a better QB. I can't deny it. Uh, it is. Uh, it's fascinating.
1: And I'm not sure what the I mean, because the, the rest of the league has sort of weighted the Browns out. I mean, you know, yeah. for a guy that was picked
4: number one overall and is still under contract. 18.85 um, mil guarantee. And they said that's a lot of the reason. But, you know, so it comes down to what team, how much are the Browns going to eat salary wise? And what do you get back? You know, if you eat most of it, maybe you get a third. If you eat a little bit, maybe you get like a sixth. Yeah, that's they're certainly
1: they're certainly not trading from a position of strength. No, Uh, but I will say this. I think who does take a chance on Baker, whether it is the Panthers. I mean, if I'm the Seattle Seahawks, considering what I'm looking at my quarterback depth chart right now, um, I don't know what their cap situation is, but the fact that Russell Wilson's gone, certainly you'd assume that they'd have some room. I would certainly consider Baker Mayfield Mm -hmm. because I think in act two, He always kind of played like he had a chip on his shoulder to begin with. Oh, yeah. Just imagine how big that chip is going to be wherever
4: he continues his National Football League career. He would fit perfectly with Seattle. Because look who you have on that roster. You got Drew Locke. Come on. Oh, you got Geno Smith. Stop. (laughs) You're telling me a 70, how old is Pete Carroll? 73, 72, 71, whatever? You're telling me that guy wants a full rebuild? I don't think so. You're doing something. So, either, again, I think it comes down to what they do in the draft, who's available. Malik Willis would make a lot of sense skill set-wise in Seattle. Now, I don't think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. I don't. Um, But that skill set makes a lot of sense. Do the Seattle Seahawks take a quarterback? It comes down to, really, to me, again, Carolina and Seattle in the draft. If one or neither takes it, Baker, I believe, goes to one of those spots in some sort of creative deal. Browns eat X amount of salary and then you get it done. The other most intriguing name going into tonight's draft is Debo
1: Samuel in oh, that, yeah. you know, you had the big Devontae Adams trade from the Packers to the Raiders, new contract. Mm-hmm. You had Tyreek Hill. Um, I, I'm still somewhat stunned that it happened, to be honest. I mean, yeah. Tyreek, Mahomes, and Kelsey were sort of the holy trinity of the most high-powered offense in recent NFL mm-hmm. history. And um, But, you know, at the end, if you're paying all these guys. There is a cap, and if your receiver is deserving of a $25 million deal, it's not easy to pull Mm -hmm. off. And that's why the Chiefs are picking twice late in the first round. But Debo Samuel, I mean, for Kyle Shanahan's offense in the San Francisco 49ers was an absolute linchpin to everything they've done. And when you think about it, I mean, they were never getting truly elite quarterback play. And I'm not sure that they can count on that, whether it's Jimmy G or Trey Lance next year. But the brilliance of Shanahan's offensive mind allowed them in very creative ways to get the ball into Debo's hands, and we saw what the results were. All that being said, I mean, we're now in a similar situation. The Tyreek Hill thing happened in like a day. This has dragged on quite a bit, and, you know, I was hearing some reports last night. What's kind of making this more difficult, even if they got to the point where they thought they had a deal, there's the physical for teams. I mean, how are you going to be able to get a physical done before the beginning of the first round tonight? Right. That's an issue. And on top of it all... You also have to get a contract done because Debo Samuel's not going anywhere on the deal that he's playing with right now. So. Second
4: round pick money. Remember that, right? Like to, for the production, that guy put out 14 total touchdowns last year. Eight rushing, six receiving, 1,400 plus yards through the air. This guy's, I think we just have to call him a weapon, Hus. He's a weapon. And San Francisco's getting a hell of a bargain on that second round money. So I don't blame Debo. Look, the shelf life, you're one torn ACL away from not getting that contract. So I don't blame him. Dude's a heck of a talent. And you can mix and match him anywhere, and especially what he was able to do in San Francisco with all those injuries last year. To the running backs. To the, it was. It seems like the last three years, it's just been a carousel of injuries for the 49ers. So you should be able to get a nice haul for Debo Samuel. You, you should. And then you look at um, like your Chiefs, like you said, with Tyreek Hill going, well, now you got two picks. Do they use both picks? Do they bundle the trade up? There's a lot of good receivers in this draft class. It should be Green Bay and Kansas City should, no matter what, be getting a wide receiver in the first round. No matter what.
1: And listen, I mean, unless there is a guy that they think is clearly better than everybody else, uh, which I'm not really sure that that will be the case. And again, depending on how things are, because there's a lot of teams that want to trade down. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think with the depth and the lack of certainty and, you know, how many guys that are in that conversation – um, I Listen, from my perspective as a Chiefs fan, I hope they don't trade up. I hope they You're wait, too- and I hope they make those two selections at the end of the first round. They have the opportunity for the fifth-year contract, the mm-hmm. fifth-year deal. The one thing I will say, from a Chiefs perspective, you know, at picking at 29 and 30. And, you know, if there is a team that is looking at a quarterback that they think that is... You know, maybe not first round value, a first rounder, but know that they're going to need to get him at that point. You potentially trade out of that, say, the 30 spot into early in the second round and acquire some more draft capital or potentially a player and allow a team to pick a quarterback at that point, because the one thing, I mean, if you hit on that quarterback, having the fifth year option Huge. is massive. And yeah. there's a reason why Lamar Jackson went at number 32, mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater went at number 32. I mean, it is the risk reward, but the reward of having a first rounder with that extra year of term um, is so significant when it comes specifically to the quarterback position. Massive. And I think that's a possibility for the Chiefs to do it, because I will say this, the Detroit lions are picking 32. They've got the Ram selection. I don't think Jared Goff is the long-term quarterback for them. So, you know, if they say a Kenny Pickett is around at the end of the first round, I think there's a lot of people that would think that that is what Detroit does at 32. So maybe you've got one of those teams, like the Bengals, like the Chiefs, just before Detroit that could be a perfect spot for a team to trade up to get that quarterback at the end of the first round and maintain first-round rights with
4: a fifth-year option. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, And really... It's going to be fascinating. Who's the first quarterback that goes and where? Because we could see some tumbling, right? Like, like we, we said, sort of that first mark is Carolina at six. Now, I, 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 technically, you should say it should be Houston at three. They seem to like Davis Mills, and maybe if they don't like a, you know, if they aren't in love with a quarterback this year, you take a stud in another position. Is there any quarterback that's good enough to be picked in the top ten? I think because teams are quarterback-thirsty, one will, but talent-wise, I don't think so. I don't. I don't believe so. Kenny Pickett, little baby hands, right? Poor Kenny. You know, you, Small hands. Because <laughs> those, like, those eight-inch hands, you know, you have to hand him a, a cup of coffee very carefully. He doesn't drop it, right? Just uh, <laughs> Has anyone ever been right about those
1: terrible takes? Oh, he just doesn't have enough, uh, the uh, the wingspan, the hand. The, uh, the hand size of the quarterback. It's <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> you just
4: make him seem like he's like some little, yeah. But is it Kenny Pickett, who I think is this year's sort of Mac Jones? Highest floor, lowest ceiling. Most NFL ready is Kenny Pickett. You can put Kenny Pickett into a New England type situation. He can go out. Well, that dude could probably win you eight games. You know. And co- now, can he ever elevate higher than that? I doubt it. You have Sam Howell, who was talked about. That dude's too small. And he, he's six feet and change. And he's he's yeah, the arm talent. Everybody gives off average vibes to me in this hus. Now you have traits that are elite, but when you factor everything in. They're average. Malik Willis. Now, the competition you take for what it is. Okay. But his accuracy is no good. He's not as fast as Lamar Jackson. And he's only six feet two as well. Six feet as well. So where does it come in? I'll tell you one guy I love. Desmond Ritter. That is my guy. Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. That dude is a stud. Well, I'll tell you what, you know what, we've got some interesting
1: lines Ooh. from Coolbet, and we'll do the Cool okay. Bet lines with Andy right now. Just before we do that, I, I do have to thank a few of our other sponsors, including Princess Auto. Uh, hey, shout out to Peterman Galant. They are looking good at the World Curling Championships. Of course, we've done our Princess Auto curling reports all season long. Season just about done. Princess Auto is going to be there as the sponsor of the Bombers pregame tailgate parties all season long. And again, a big sponsor of the Gold Eyes as well. And in addition to all they're doing for our local sports teams, Princess Auto's where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. You can visit them on one of two local locations, Panette Road and Westside Portage Avenue, or shop online 24 7 365 at Hey, if you're looking for a great spot to watch the draft tonight with some buddies, no better place to do that than your local Boston pizza. Get a couple big schooners, some uh, delicious Boston's wings, some gourmet pizzas, and watch everything transpiring from here in Las Vegas at your local Boston pizza. And, of course, whether it's the Winnipeg Jets, playoff hockey starting next week, BP bars, sports lounges are the place to be. And you can also get their game day deals and order online at boston.com pizza dot. Uh, cheers to our friends at Nick and Nicky DQ. I know Nick's been gallivanting around. I saw on his Instagram he's having a great trip for one of his pals' 40th birthdays. But the Nick and Nicky DQ team continue to serve up the incredible new stack burgers. The mo- they were always the most underrated burgers in the fast food game. Now they
4: might simply be the best. Dude, Try- I love those burgers. I swear to God, I love those DQ burgers. They're, but, sorry to interrupt the read, but I'm passionate about it, and I agree. <laughs> they are the most underrated burger in the market. I freaking love those burgers. I love them. We're going to get you to the peg Sorry, we'll, do do, we'll, do, we'll maybe do a live
1: uh, <laughs> what, maybe a, a video or a taste test at one of the Absolutely. Nick and Nicky DQs you can go try the new Stack Burgers DQ Niverville DQ Northgate DQ Polo Park or DQ St. Anne's and if you do have an event coming up or you need nothing better than make your event the, you know, the top drawer with the DQ Ice Cream Cake they're at DQ Manitoba on Twitter They'll get you set up and you can pick it up quick and easy at any of the local Nick and Nicky DQs. And hey, just before we get to the Cool Bet lines, we were here last night. We had Austin Eckler join us, yep. had a few drinks. Of course, we're in Bar Canada. How could I not get a Canadian club and ginger? Now, the girls here have been doing such a great job taking care of us. I mean, they may be one of the best CC and gingers I've ever had. But when I get back to the city, and you can do it right now, you don't even need to worry about mixing your own cocktail because the ready-to-drink CC and Ginger is the drink of the summer, and it's ready now at Manitoba Liquor Marts and at beer stores. And if you look at the Canadian Club display at one of 26 Manitoba Liquor Marts, Buy CC product, and you'll get a free can to try it out. Uh, but listen, it's amazing. You know how good it is. Pick it up in six packs around at 1750 MLS Canadian Club on sale all along at Manitoba Liquor Mart. So we're here live at Bar Canada in Vegas. It's round one of the draft tonight. And Cool Bet has a ton of lines for tonight's draft. Uh, it's interesting because Cool Bet you can bet on right now. Here at the Book's. For the last couple days, there have been props, draft props, we've been able to, but because of the nature of the draft, um, you know, there's no over unders right now on the board, pretty much anywhere here right now. Oh, so if you do want to get in, cool Bed is the place to be. Uh, use the promo code WST if you've never. Played at Coolbet before. We'll give you a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to 200 bucks. All right, Andy, let's go through some of these props right now. You can see them on Coolbet Canada. I retweeted them out from Hustlerama as well. Uh, NFL draft first overall draft pick. These numbers blow me away. Trayvon Walker now minus 500. Aiden Hutchinson plus 325. He has been thought Over to Hutchinson? be the number one pick for a long, long time. To me, there's got to be value in Hutchinson right now. I mean, I I certainly don't see anything. Put it this way. If it was up to me and I'm the Jags, I'm taking Hutchinson. Uh, There's not anything for me to suggest that Trayvon Walker should be a minus 500 favorite unless... They know something that we don't. And that often is the case that when could people be. are setting up books. But when you look at this, the other guys that are up there, Ike can make Kayvon Thibodeau at 35 to 1, Evan Neal 35 to 1, and Malik Willis at 66 to 1. In your opinion, is it a two-horse race for this number one pick gotta between be. Walker and Hutchinson? Yep, yeah, I think, and
4: I am blown away by that number. I, I'm going to get on Cool Bet. I think when we're done, and I'm going to put some coin on, you on got, Hutchinson. you got to call it in. you got to call it in because we can't do it here in Nevada. That's part oh, yeah. of the reason
1: why I'm bringing the odds up here from uh, oh. on Twitter. Okay. Close to going in. Off the call. We're geo blocked right now, Andy. However, wherever you're listening, or if you're back you're at home,
4: you are not. Jump on Got it. Got to yeah. be Hutchinson. He's plus three twenty-five. That's boy. That seem, Now the tricky part is though. Hutchinson seems to be the logical favorite, but the way this draft is it wouldn't necessarily blow you away if it was Walker or even Thibodeau because there's really not that true, true, true number one. Hutchinson has been thought of to be the guy. I would, that plus 325, I'd be taking Hutchinson. No, no doubt. No
1: doubt about it. Okay, let's go to the next offering. We've talked about the quarterbacks. First of all, how many quarterbacks drafted in the first round? The over under is Three and a half, although if you think that there'll be four QBs picked, it's plus 260. I think there's a reason why minus Mm. 357 on under right now. People just don't think that this class
4: could be. Could
1: there be four quarterbacks picked in the first round?
4: Listen, here's my think. I think we're going to see a crazy first round when it comes to trades because of all the multiple picks that you said, Yeah. right? So you look at teams, they have a guy who's taken. Maybe it's like you said in teams trying to trade back in to get that fifth-year value on a quarterback. So I think there could, if I'm looking at the guy's, I'm very confident that we'll be taken in the first round. Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter. Then you got Matt Corral and Sam Howell. They are yelling at me for second round. They're, if you take those guys in the in the first round, folks, that is a, that's a stretch. That is a real stretch. So I think that's really a case where you look at it and it's like, could someone jump back in? Could perhaps. yeah But I would say. Three makes a lot of sense to me.
1: Uh, First quarterback drafted, Malik Willis, minus 200. Pickett's been the guy all year long, but as it often happens, we get closer to draft and people start sniffing out other Mm -hmm. guys. And it seems like Willis is the favorite right now, minus 200. Pickett at plus 175. And you mentioned this guy, Desmond Ritter, 10 to 1. Could there be a team that maybe is quietly trying to keep a lid on it but likes him? Could he maybe be the first guy off the board? That's a 10 to
4: 1 prop right now. I'll tell you this. If he goes to the right situation, and that is a big if with quarterbacks. Just remember Josh Allen going to the Buffalo Bills in 2018. Well, imagine if he went to the Jets. Imagine if he went to Arizona. Josh Allen at that time had the highest ceiling, but also the biggest bust possibility. Went to the stable Bills, off you go, and now he's tremendous. Desmond Ritter in the right situation. Huss, that that guy's going to be the best quarterback in this draft. Mark it, record it, book it right now. That guy goes to the right spot, and I just pray to the football gods. That he doesn't go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is my biggest fear. That he goes to the Steelers and he haunts me for the next twenty years, like big freaking Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, just proving you right every week every in and week. week out and twice a year against the Cleveland Browns every year. I um, think that's great. Now, do I? I don't think he's going to be the first one off the board. I think he should, but I don't think he will.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it only takes one GM to kind of identify. I mean, let's think about Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes. The, the, the Chiefs knew yep. that this was a guy that would go at some point. They were picking twenty seventh. They Moved up now. He wasn't the first quarterback picked at that time, of course. Deshaun Watson, and the other guys were ahead yep. of him, but it was still a big, big jump up. And it just goes to show you, there's quarterbacks, and then there's every other position right now. Yep. And there is a premium, and that is why you got to pay and you got to go up to get your guy if there is that guy you're thinking. Um, wide receivers, there are so many talented wide receivers. Oh, yeah. The over/under on number of wideouts drafted in the first round is six and a half. Over is even money. Under is minus 127. Uh, there's a reason why this number is. We've heard anywhere from six to seven, potentially yeah. eight. But uh, could we? Here's seven guys off the board, do you think? And uh, who's number one? If you're picking and you need a receiver and they're Ooh. all on the board, who are you taking, Eddie?
4: <sighs> Boy. Okay, I'll tell you. My combine crush this year was Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. He will not be the first guy taken. But, again, I think this guy has all the tools and can be a Debo Samuel type. Or not Debo, um. DK Metcalf type of value. I've seen
1: him uh, repeatedly going to Green Bay and many mocks Packers picking twice at We're 22
4: p- and 28 perfect he would look good on your Chiefs too ooh boy would he look good on your Chiefs but who's the best guy I think it might be one of the Ohio State receivers. I think it might be Garrett Wilson. could be Chris Olave. This is this depends, though, Huss. It is a Neapolitan ice cream draft when it comes to wide receiver. What, do you like a little strawberry? Well, you got your zippy guy in Olave and Wilson. You like your big dogs, like, like a little chocolate vanilla mix? Well, then you can go your Drake London, who's a monster, but has some drop issues. Jameson Williams would have been the consensus first pick, Tore his ACL late. So you're probably not going to get him until October, November. So where do you go? Um, I think it will probably be Garrett Wilson first, but there are so many different types, and you're so close that it really depends what you need. If you need an inside guy or a fast guy or a big guy. There's so many options. Drake London's uh, Garrett Wilson minus 152 to be the top, uh, the
1: first wide receiver taken. Drake London at plus 250. Jameson Williams plus 300 which is interesting because I've seen a number of mocks with him falling all the way down to the Chiefs because of that ACL. He could tumble. Listen, I would be more than willing to be patient for half a season to get a player like that because he really does seem to be... He's got the uh, hood. I don't know what's going on with Remus in the back. I know you're listening to that as well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I hope everything's okay back there, Rem. But... (laughs) Hey, brother. (laughs) We can hear you. I, 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 I... Okay, good, good. I just hoped everything was okay. We're getting some funny audio in our (laughs) ears from what's happening back at WSTHQ. Uh, But Jameson Williams, a a player like that, if you wait on him and put him into a situation, I mean, that's a best-case scenario for the Kansas City Chiefs. You're patient for half a season. You get a guy come in that would have the potential to be as close to a replacement for Tyreek Hill as you could possibly get out of this draft.
4: And uh, that's Sky as well. um, Right, Sky Woods. Woods, right? Um, he's, I, and if I'm getting my, I'm trying to remember the, the height. I believe he's small. I believe he's yeah. he's a tiny guy. I don't love those. Ti- I don't so love is ti- Tyreek. Well, yeah. But you know what? He's, Tyreek Hill, when you look at some of those guys, they are the exception, right? Like he's elite. But it's that durability issue. Not a factor with Tyreek. Here's the guy, Traylon Burks. Watch him. That could be a sneaky play for the first guy off the board. Because he has Debo Samuel type tendencies, he has been compared to him, and I think that is a play where, because he's lined up in the backfield, he's been a receiver inside, outside. Again, we use that word weapon. Traylon Burks, and he's got the size. He's six, almost six three, big body dude. He is the new Debo Samuel coming in. That could be the first guy off the board. Again, depending who's going to take the receiver. I might put a couple bucks on, uh, on Traylon Burks. Interesting. 33-1 to one at, uh, at Cool Bet right now. Okay, final one we want to get to.
1: Here's yeah. some draft totals. You just let me know if any of these numbers jump out to you one yeah. way or the other based on what you're looking at. Offensive linemen drafted in the first round over under 7.5. Cornerbacks drafted in the first round over under 4.5. Offensive players in the first round, 15 and a half, and defensive players, 16 and a half. Uh, a- any, any number or either side on any
4: four of those jump out to you. Boy, any. Those all sound. A typical book, those all sound pretty it, it, there's good, There's a reason right? these oddsmakers right? get paid the big bucks, right? They it's fail all, it all the time. But these all sound good. There's a right answer in each one. It's just hard coming to that conclusion. There is. I, I think I think when we look at it, it might be the um, the defensive players maybe with a slight edge because, you know, we're all so fantasy football-focused and it's offense-offense. Offense. But the defensive side is super deep. There's some stud corners. The edge rushers, phenomenal. And it's a – Quietly, I don't think it's necessarily been talked about. It's a sneaky good offensive line class and the receiver. So I think it's probably going to be pretty close to 50-50. I would take the slight edge on the defensive players.
1: Excellent stuff. Well, i got to tell you, I mean, uh, great seeing you in person here. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this draft event tonight over at Circa in the Circa Stadium Swim, swim, baby. We're going to get a chance to see what that place is all about. And uh, I love the fact that this draft is now three days because we get the first round... Uh, some intrigue for the second and third round, and then uh, Saturday. I think our boy Austin Eckler is going to be uh, making a pick as yep. well uh, coming up on Saturday. That's right.
4: He's going to be doing it Saturday. And then uh, tomorrow we have it's the final day of the college fantasy football uh, draft auction, our, our franchise auction. So, again, guys, UFFsports.com. Read it, click on it, buy a team. Let's have some fun. Right
1: on, right on. Well, listen, hey, before we, uh, before we finish the show, let's get Remus back in here to, uh, to see. Remo, uh, obviously a very fun show with Andy here live and some great stuff talking Jets and more with bombing and Scott Billick. Uh, I-, I know you're not necessarily a big NFL draft guy. I guess you're probably just going to be obsessing over each and every goal in the National Hockey League, finishing up your uh, <laughs> fantasy hockey finals with two days left in the schedule with the exception of that Jets cracking game.
2: I'm in the fantasy hockey final, so that's what I'm focused on. Atta and, boy. And baseball, so I want to know who's playing tonight. Uh, I'm kind of freaking out. I got I got Gaudreau and, um, and, and uh, Kachuk. I'm worried about them, so I'm looking for—and baseball as well. There is some baseball going, so I'm pumped for uh, whatever's going to be happening there.
1: Baseball uh, right now and a bunch of getaway oh, yeah. games today and— uh, Damn it! I can't believe I forgot to get a bed in before these games because now they're going early. On. I'm fitting up the show. Everything yeah. starts so early here, Andy. Uh, but Jays with two on and uh, one out right now, bottom of the third. Uh, if you're uh, watching live uh, with us here on YouTube, you can get on over and see some afternoon baseball action. Uh, Rebo, one more show from Vegas tomorrow, and it should be a good one, of course. Weave's World will join us for his weekly uh, weekly spot. And we'll actually get into a little bit of draft reaction from here in Vegas early on with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton as well. And we shouldn't forget, tomorrow, ice are playing. And Sunday, Jets finishing up the season. It's also Valor FC's first game or home game of the year. They put up a half dozen on Atletico Ottawa last week. They're finally coming back after three games on the road, 1-1-1, one, one, and one, and the new head coach, Phil DeSantos, will get us ready for this weekend's Valor FC opener. So uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about. And, of course, Jets Calgary as well. It was supposed to be the final game of the season, but it is the final weekend of the season for the Jets coming up. And uh, we'll talk about it all tomorrow, Reem.
2: Yeah, here we do have a pair of ice tickets to give away. We can see if this thing works uh, for Game Five. I got them because we had some issues, and there are people in chat us are coming in, saying what's happening with Bayak, and they they didn't know. But um, oh, yes. okay,
1: well you obviously weren't there. We talked about it right off the top of the program. Uh, yeah, TSN announced earlier today that Dennis Bayak is uh, retiring as wow. voice of the Winnipeg Jets at the end of the season. I mean, uh, Dennis has had such an incredible career and has been such a big part of you know, this Winnipeg hockey community since uh, this team came here in 2011. Um, You're going to spend a little bit more time with the Weiss, a little bit more time with the golf course, but TSN has said that he will still be part of their international hockey broadcast team, which will include the World Championships coming up. So, uh, yeah, we certainly, we spent a lot of time right off the top of the show. I mean, that really was the big story in Winnipeg right before we went on with, uh, with Dennis having two more games to call. So set your PVRs for Friday and Sunday afternoon. Dennis Bayak's final two games. And we will certainly look forward to hopefully getting Dennis on the show and talk about his incredible career on both sides of the camera and both sides of the business, being with working with the hockey teams and then turning into one of the most decorated broadcasters in hockey. Uh, It's been a great show. So what do you want to do? Uh, uh, Exclamation mark tickets or something right now? Yeah,
2: I'm going to try to. So we had problems on Friday this better work be yeah, i can't see
1: i can't see this so can you just kind of let people know what up cuz i don't have the youtube going like i usually do when we're okay, when we're, we're back see. at home
2: <clears throat> all right well let's try this exclamation tickets in chat if you want to go to the ice game five against prince albert you know they won okay it's working it's working so they won, what they won 10-1 in nah. game 4 and you think okay they're going to they're going to lay the hammer down here. Or sorry, in game three and game four. And they lost. How is that?
1: Is that goalie, unbelievable? It, it, that was strange. I, I, It was very rare. A three, but you know what? Credit to PA. They got embarrassed in game three. And I think went out in front of their home fans and at least gave them you know, a good memory, because I think it's highly unlikely that this series gets back there for game number six. So if you'd like to see the Winnipeg Ice win their first series, uh, or have the opportunity, let's maybe not get ahead of ourselves right. <laughs> to win their first series in Winnipeg at the Ice Cave on Friday night, right now, exclamation mark tickets. And, uh, we'll send you a, a pair of, uh, a pair of tickets to, uh, to get out there. So, uh, um, I guess Remus, we've got a, a chance to, uh, everyone get in there when we, uh, End this, uh, end the contest. We've got you know 30 seconds for people to get it in, and then we can uh, then we can spin the wheel, the yeah. wheel of winners on Ooh. WST.
4: You're gonna love this, Andy. There you go, I like it. Our buddy Jamie Thomas says hello, too. He's jealous you're down here. <laughs>
1: oh, GT, <laughs> well, he would have been great to have one. He's yeah. kind of busy with some other things right now, a little bit, if only this could have been a week later. Yeah. Although, he wouldn't have committed to that because I think he and everyone involved with the Winnipeg Jets thought that. They'd be playing next week into the playoffs, well, but unfortunately yeah. that is not the case. And, you know, while Remus finishes up closing up the contest and getting uh, getting the wheel ready, one of the other things that, um, you know, has been very interesting talking to locals here around and obviously guys at the sports book has been the Vegas Golden Knights. And the Golden Knights have been the story of the last week or so because that really has been the only, um, you know, only thing interesting as to who else was going to be in the playoffs. Right. and. You know, for them, with all the aggressive moves they've made, the amount of money that they've spent well above the cap, you know, trying to get in there to miss the playoffs. I mean, a colossal failure. But the other part of it is, Andy, I mean, the success that they had so early, they raised the bar so high for an expansion team. I mean, this is the first time they've missed the playoffs, which speaks to the success that they've had. And. Now, I know there is some speculation as to what Bill Foley does going forward. Does he keep the hockey management? I mean, it's pretty hard to look and say that this group over five years hasn't done a pretty darn good well, yeah. job. But uh, it wouldn't be the first time for a pro sports owner to have an itchy trigger finger. We already saw them have it with
4: Gerard Gallant. And uh, right? maybe it happens on a more broad scale after the disappointment of this season here in Vegas. It could. not actually, Derek Stevens, the owner of all this, was knighted because he's like one of the top sponsors. So they had he was uh, knighted at the Golden Knights game. You got the jersey and all that. They had a sword. And also, if you're a top sponsor, you get knighted. So it was pretty cool.
1: Well, uh, I'll tell you what. The uh, It's going to be quiet at T-Mobile. It'll just be UFC and whatnot. But this city mm. is going to be rocking. We've seen. I mean, you just go onto the streets. Of course, we're downtown. But whether you're downtown on the Strip, uh, basically a rainbow of NFL colors. I'm going to throw my Mahomes on for our uh, for our event a little later on. Yeah. You've got the Browns. Um, Every everyone feels a lot
4: of hope when you're going into draft week, no oh, matter what sure. team you're behind. Oh yeah, you're you're pumped. It's the, it's it's Christmas morning. What's the new toy? What am I getting? <laughs> Are you gonna be disappointed? Are you got you know? What's what's it? Gonna when do the Browns get a toy? Tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> second round. <laughs> they get second round. The, the toy is gonna be Deshaun Watson. Uh, now when is it? Is it all year? Who knows, right? That's gonna be the big if, but. That's that's interesting, as well as with all those teams with multiple picks. Again, I think we're going to see a bunch of trades. I think it's going to be a very active first round. Well, we're looking forward to it. De Remo, is the wheel ready?
2: Yeah, let me um, – so it's all done. I'm just going to grab the list of names. I'm closing the entries. Thanks to everyone. So this is for Friday's ice game. Shout out to uh, Brian Munns and the ice who are yeah, it, hooking it, us it, up you know with what? these.
1: Hey, I'll I'll say this. As much as it is unfortunate that uh, they didn't end up, you know, icing their opponents, excuse the pun, uh, (laughs) last night, uh, another chance for people to get out and see the ice. And if you're not able to go to the – if you're not going to the Jets game, only a couple games left, we know what's happening with them. There is playoff hockey. And, of course, stick in to – tune into the show tomorrow. You still do have some time to go to our uh, Instagram page at Winnipeg Sports Talk WPG. For your chance to win tickets to Saturday's regular season Moose finale down at Canada Life Center, and of course next we'll be talking Ice playoffs and Moose playoffs because yeah. albeit the Jets will be done for the year, Ice and Moose will be on their way to uh, try to capture a championship Calder Cup and of course a WHL championship and a spot in the uh, in the Memorial Cup. By the way, just while Remus gets this uh, gets this wheel ready, we've already seen some great jerseys. I saw a Juju Smith Schuster. Pittsburgh jersey, and I said, "Hey, that's our guy now." He (laughs) said, "I know, but we're in Vegas. It's really hot. This is a dry fit, so it was going to keep me cool today. I'm still rocking the colors. But how about this one we've got at the bar? And I won't be able to turn the camera on. But a Jack Youngblood Rams old school jersey. You want to talk about the Legends League, dude? He's in the Legends League. I'm sure he was
4: a high draft pick by somebody. He was. He was. He's on one of the teams for sure. Yeah, Youngblood. Oh boy, that's a nice. Yeah, that's a nice jersey. Not uh, yeah, I don't think the original had Jack on the <laughs> on the top No, it I, did because there was Joel Youngblood. Did it really? Weight. Yeah, it said Jack I'm
1: pretty sure. He had to have it. Yeah, oh, because if is... it was two J's, <laughs> exactly. I want to look that up. That's fat. I've never That's seen that scary. before. I'm dating myself a little, I got a couple years on you. Remember these uh, wild NFL moments with the, uh, the yes, Youngblood. No, not Rob Lowe, Youngblood Remus. This is okay. we're talking the, <laughs> the national.
5: I thought this was a
1: Rob League.
2: Lowe reference. I got excited. <laughs>
1: uh, okay, anyways, anyways, listen, we it, we do got to get the uh, the pot up, but let's let's spin this wheel. Yeah,
2: here's the. Anyways, this is our Instagram giveaway. If you're listening on podcast or are watching here, go to our Instagram page, like it, comment. You can. We'll do the draw. I'll do just do it off stream probably Friday, and then yeah, we'll so we announce get the winner tomorrow yeah. on the program. And then we'll announce. And then the Then there's that
1: great picture of us with uh, with Austin Eckler. Yeah. what a cool dude! Yeah. I did there
2: see. There we go. Um, Look at the, that. Boom. I, here's the picture. I did see that place. You guys are going to the Circa Swim. Is yep. this it? That's this is it, baby. This is insane. I gotta go <laughs> yep. to this
4: stadium swim, <laughs> and then afterwards we're going to Legacy Club, which is at the top of the circuit, overlooks the whole strip and desert, and all that's crazy. This is yeah, crazy.
1: Going to be a good night. Going to be a good night. I, I've been wanting to see Circus Swim for a long Look time. At this. Stadium Swim. Yeah. And uh, Oh yeah. As I said, uh, Andy. Andy's got his brown speedo ready to uh, oh. to turn some heads down at the at the day pool. For very tomorrow, little for sure. It
4: will leave very little to the imagination. Huh? <laughs> Let me. Uh. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, all
1: right. Here's for the ice tickets tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, if, thanks to everyone that uh, that entered and uh, good luck to uh, to you all.
2: Yeah. And if you win. Um, Send us the thing with your with your email, and so yeah, we'll do that.
1: Yeah, that's great instruction. Send us a thing <laughs> at your email. Send an email to WinnipegSportsTalk at gmail.com. This will be a little bit little bit better instruction to r- everyone. We're wrapping
2: up the end of the end of the show here. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> All right, spin it.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there's the Home Depot ads. You can see what I've been Googling on my computer. Yeah. I'm glad it's Home Depot. (laughs) They're following me around. Garden season coming up. Good thing it's Home Depot. (laughs) Yeah, good thing. Yeah, yeah. Good thing I'm searching for Home Depot. There you go.
1: Here we go. The Wheel of Winners on WST. Who's going to the ice game? Game five tomorrow. Is it Rob Somerville? Is it Matthew? It's Matthew Jensen. What a boy Matthew, thanks for being with us. Hello. Shout out to everyone that uh, was still stuck around to the end of the program to get in on it. So, yeah, Matthew, WinnipegSportsTalk at gmail.com. Uh, just send an email. Remus will get your email address and we'll get those tickets sent out to you. Uh, Remo, good show. Big one coming up tomorrow. As they said, we'll get ready for Valor FC. We'll recap the NFL draft. And we will... Hey, we're in Vegas. Who loves a buffet better than Ken Ooh. Wiebe? The buffet will be open tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk for one final time in the regular season with Wiebe's World. Uh, big thanks to Scott Billick, who joined us earlier today. Darren bombing, Of course, Michael Remus back at HQ. And my guy, Let's do it. Let's do it, baby. Andy McNamara. Too sweet, brother. By the way,
4: did you see what happened in AEW last night? No. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. I'm going to watch when I get home. Okay,
1: well, let's just say it was good good? for the
4: kingdom because we are
1: in a fancy league and the kingdom is getting things done. Folks, one more time from Bar Canada here at the D, live in Las Vegas, Nevada for the NFL Draft. This has been Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thanks to all of you for viewing and listening. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this happen each and every day. And thanks to Andy Mack for coming by and kicking it live here at Bar Canada. And when you're in Vegas next time, make sure you check this place out. And as they say, I think we're working on a little something with our Ooh. friends here for a Jets trip to play the Golden Knights next season. That's called a tease, folks. There Stay with there us. Uh, hey, enjoy the draft tonight. All the NHL action. We'll get ready for the Flames and Jets in the final weekend of the regular season. Tomorrow and much more live from Vegas here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Have a great night. And thanks for being with us. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down! Let's go! Home!